everybody and welcome to season nine of sequelizers i am your host as always jack chambers and joining me also as always it's matt stockton first time you've ever seen a sequelizer scared kind of excited too all mixed up yeah yeah last film we sequelized we were all naked because it was so hot out (laughs) (laughs) these films are so horny it's so weird well we will talk about that yeah. Uh, and speaking of horny, now that is a transition we can get behind. Yeah. Get behind. <laughs> the horniest of the sequelizers, the man we all want to get behind. It's Tim Matum. And just to set the record straight, Jack Chambers is not attracted to loose women. Loose women are attracted to Jack Chambers. There it is. <laughs> oh dear. I wonder if again, I wonder if how many people would actually guess the film. If you, if it's just like started uh, playing on your podcast app of choice yeah. without you pressing play or you haven't noticed the title yet we could we could do another one that'd be really easy wow <laughs> <laughs> if you're a patron uh, you've got all that to look forward to in the outtakes such an anticlimactic right. end of that yeah, though to, to to plug the patreon you can, <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers if you back us on the 10 pound tier or higher you actually get bonus features and outtakes and all that kind of stuff and this week we did a quiz about Wow by Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> and Matt, wow. Matt hosted all of the uh, the different Wows. Wow. 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 Spoilers, guys. Except it was exception. a fucking disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it turns out there are a lot of different Wows. We got multiple choice of four films per Wow. And uh, it was very, very interesting. You'll so find out what happened next exactly. week. Exactly. Yeah. You, you have to tune in. And if you would like to, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers. Join the lovely patrons there. As I mentioned, you get bonus content. You get full bonus episodes when we're doing in season, which is coming up soon because we're coming up towards the end of the season. It's going to be here before you know it. And then we'll be in season 10. Uh, wow. 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 <laughs> oh, no. Get ready for that, folks. Don't play the wow drinking game. I will you'll tell you that now. Dead. You'll You'll die in the, before we get to the ads. But if you would also like to get ad-free episodes, early access to the episodes, and a shout-out on the show, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers like these wonderful executive producers have done. Jonathan Firth-Clark. Wow. Mike Salvia. Wow. Michael Belcher. Wow. James McDowell. Wow. Josh Van der Sluis. Wow. Josh Miles. Wow. And, of course, Zenoth. Wow. Thank you ever so much, wonderful executive producers, for your support. As always, you make this show possible. You make the extended season we've been doing for a while now possible. You make these weekly episodes possible. You make the interseason and all the live streams and everything we do here at Sequelizers possible with your fantastic support. And if you can't support us on Patreon, of course, please engage with us on the social medias. Join our Discord, retweet us, share us, review us on your podcast platform of choice all that good stuff. We would very, very much appreciate your support in any way you can give it. So, with all of the Patreon stuff and the intros out of the way, should we get on to some adventures in the West and in the, the London, I guess? <laughs> uh, hey, Jack. Hey, hey Matt. Uh, as we do at the start of this, we used to say, what's your experience with the franchise? And 
What's your experience with Owen Wilson? <laughs> Describe your Owen Wilson experience. Wow, yeah. I, I'm doing this because it'll be shorter than when we get to get to the Jackie Chan, which we'll have lots of interesting things to say. I think, by the way, folks, we're fixing Shanghai Nights. Uh, we haven't said that yet. I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think my first Owen Wilson movie might have been Shanghai Noon because my dad had it on, I want to say DVD, it might have been VHS because it's the year 2000 and that's that weird it's the crossover we have a bit of both and we had a vhs player for a while and didn't get a dvd player straight away and all that kind of stuff and my dad fucking loves westerns and he fucking loves martial arts movies so this was the perfect merging of like jackie chan's doing a western and i'm like i don't think he is dad i don't know wait what's this and yeah i watched both of these not in the cinema so like i said it probably been a couple of years later so probably dvd or vhs and was introduced. I'd already seen Jackie Chan stuff because I grew up on martial arts stuff with my dad. And uh, yeah, I think this is probably my first Owen Wilson because I can't think of anything else I would have seen beforehand. And I definitely saw this around the time, like 20 years ago. So, had you seen Armageddon? No, not when I was eight. Oh. <laughs> I didn't watch Armageddon when I was eight, Matthew. <laughs> Why not? Because I had taste as an eight year old. That's why. <laughs> no, I was Jake. a deep impact man. <laughs> <laughs> Still is. Bash <laughs> <laughs> it out, craters. Oh, dear. Yeah, so, yeah, Shanghai Noon was probably my first Owen Wilson. Definitely not my first Jackie Chan. I fucking loved this film as a kid. The first one. Yes. And I remember being a bit confused and disappointed by the second one, even as, like, a 13-year-old or 14-year-old or whatever I was in, the, in that, you know, 2003 yeah. era. But, yeah, I absolutely loved. And re-watching it for this episode, I realized how much of Shanghai Noon I remember. It's one of those films I had seen so much as a kid. I know it like beat for beat, word for word. And I was like, do I know bits of Shanghai Nights? I couldn't remember anything from Shanghai Nights apart from a couple of like, oh God, that is Aiden Gillen. Holy shit. (laughs) I had it in my brain, but hadn't connected the dots of like, I've seen The Wire and Game of Thrones and stuff (laughs) since then. And now know who Aiden Gillen is 15, 18 years later. Mm. But like, yeah, I don't remember anything about Shanghai Nights, but I remember Shanghai Noon, like moment for moment, quote for quote, joke for joke. And I was like, oh yeah, piss shirt, Ben Bars, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, God, that's so good. And my dad still references stuff like that to this day. Does the classic dad joke of referencing a film we watched together 20 years ago and all that kind of stuff. Of course. But uh, yeah, I, I grew up loving Shanghai Noon and being disappointed by Shanghai Nights. Just kind of how I feel. Die them down a couple, both of them down a couple of notches, and that's how I feel yeah. as a man in his thirties now as well. <laughs> Fair. I uh, Tim, how about you? Very similar, actually. Oh, interesting. I had Shanghai Noon. I don't think I saw it in cinema, but I had it on VHS. And again, it was one that I watched over and over. Yeah. Um, and and like you had have large chunks of it just kind of Im- imprinted on my brain. Yep. Um, and two thousand and three-ish uh actually no but prior to that early 2000s was when i started more getting into like films and stuff right yeah um and started for example buying like empire and and total film and that kind of thing and actually one of those cool kids i see yeah yeah. reading reviews and stuff like that Mm. and so i remember shanghai nights coming out and reading the reviews and them being pretty disappointing and so i basically was like I don't need to see this. I wow, like okay. I like the first one. I don't need to spoil my memory of it. 
Um, yeah. And so I didn't until I watched it for this. Oh, um, shit. That's impressive. Yeah. Impressible? Impressible? What the hell? <laughs> Lean into it. That's impressive. But yeah, to go for so, so long so without... Showing some Matt Stogden-esque willpower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was just like, there's plenty of other Jackie Chan films out there. That's very true. Uh, mm-hmm. it, was the, it was the early 2000s. There were plenty of other Owen Wilson films out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, none of them is good because they didn't have Jackie Chan in. Um, yeah, but I, I and and yeah, I absolutely loved Shanghai Noon. I loved the. I thought him and Wilson were a really good pairing, um, and I thought like I loved the the stunt work. It has. Oh, this is such a blokey thing to say, but it has some of my favorite martial arts weapons in it. <laughs> Um, it's got Jackie Chan doing essentially what's like the meteor hammer thing but it's a rope with a tied to a horseshoe and he does that bit where it's like (laughs) swung all around his body and he's like holding the tightens it around his leg and does the stamp on it thing and pull it up and And then he does like one flick and it all unravels and hits the guy in the face and and it also has uh, at the end um, him fighting with a three section staff which for people who don't know Imagine a very big nunchuck and the rope in the middle is also made of staff. So yeah. it's essentially it's a it's a bow staff but with two hinges in it. Yeah. So weirdly inefficient, but when used properly, it's like that's the most amazing thing ever. Yeah. Exactly. Like disarming yeah. Yeah. other people and stuff yeah. and like blocking swords and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's uh yeah, so I, I absolutely loved Noon and then decided not to watch Nights and didn't until about two weeks ago. To quote Indiana Jones, that 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 movie. You've chosen wisely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So to quote Indiana Jones, part time, part time, <laughs> part time. So how do you, I, I, like I said, I, I think I roughly feel the same way as I did back then. Mm. How do you feel about noon now in your thirties? Like I, I think 20 years later, I rewatched it for this. I think it hasn't aged perfectly. No shit. <laughs> they call a lot of people Indians in this movie. And I know it's set in like 1881. Yeah. But mm. yeah. Mm, um, not better than Tarantino Shanghai. Noon. Well, That'll be yeah. quite painful yeah. to watch. Yeah, it's I. Yeah, I don't think it's held up perfectly. I haven't rewatched Rush Hour in a while. I would probably guess that Rush Hour has similarly. aged similarly, maybe a little bit better. Oh, okay. Um, I have, I, Rush Hour is another one for yeah. me. It's very similar. The first Rush Hour I have seen a million mm. times as a kid. Probably know it like word for yeah. word in certain places, like you said. I haven't watched it in 15 years. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I still found it pretty enjoyable. Um, I think part, part of the problem is, is I know it so well now that when I was rewatching, I was just like almost like predicting every line before they'd say Me it. Me too. Yeah. And, yeah. It, and it's that thing of like a film is, if you, if you really enjoyed a film, watching it again, and, and you've watched it many, many times enough to pick up on all the small details, Watching it again probably won't hold up to your fond memories of it, um, especially if it's aged a while. Um, so yeah, I think it it's not quite as good as I imagined it was when I was a, a, a an early t- a late teen. Um, but I I think it's still decent. Yep. You know, and I think Agreed. the the fight scenes are still great. You know, the the leads are as charming as they always were, and yeah, Shanghai Night's a big pile of piss. It is a big pile of piss. Speaking of big piles of piss, what do you think of Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights, man? What's your history with this? Rude, man? you piece of shit. <laughs> did you see them both in the cinema by any chance? Yes. Of course you did. I saw both these in the cinema, and I owned the first one. I still own the first one on DVD. Um, now, for me, 
Owen Wilson, I always already aware of as the horny cameraman in Anaconda <laughs> and the weird cowboy in um, Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. So I was familiar with his himboy hippie kind of like. So horny. Zoolander had been just before this, I want to say. Just around about 2001, I think. Just yeah. about, yeah. So around Between that the two. era. Mm. It was very much him, you know. On the up. Yeah, on the sale of his hair. It's like, <laughs> people would say, but he's got a really weird broken nose. And they're like, people don't care. He's got interesting hair. It's like, okay, fair enough. And the, the broken nose kind of adds a quirk to him, right? Like, exactly. How yeah. many other Hollywood actors have like a noticeably like, oh, he's been in a fight or done a thing or broken his nose or whatever. Like, yeah. People, like Jason Momoa has that scar across his face or like yeah. those kind of things. You get those cool little Yeah, it's interesting it's, it's, quirks. It's, just, it's things that usually the industry would have you remove mm. because it makes you too distinct and becomes a quality people can identify you with. But the point is that mm. I knew Owen Wilson was like, oh yeah, he, he's fine. He didn't really strike mm. being kind of hilarious, but he was in stuff and there's a lot of the comedies yeah. in the 2000s he and was the, in. The, the fact that he came up basically with Wes Anderson, yes, got his break in Bottle Rocket and, and kind yes. of then transitioned to doing more mainstream Hollywood stuff mm-hmm. meant that he didn't, because, yeah, if he'd have just moved to LA and tried to make it as an actor, you'd have a bunch of casting agents going, we don't like your nose. Yes. Like, go get that fixed. But because he started out in Texas doing, like, independent stuff, mm-hmm. he actually kind of got to come up through slightly unconventional means. Yeah, 90s independent stuff saying, oh, what a very unusual profile. I'm like, okay, fine. Uh, and then, instantly, yeah, Wes Anderson and uh, Wilson's work with him gives him such indie cred that it's like, oh, definitely, oh he can yeah. be great. Yeah. But anyway. Wilson there. Um, Jackie Chan, I don't... I, okay, so I have a real problem trying to separate things because in my head, it feels like a lifetime of different stuff. But if I look back at it realistically, it's three summers at the age of like 14, 15, and 16 years old when I literally would binge whatever I get my hands on oh, yeah. for certain things. And same, part of that yeah. was tons of martial arts stuff. Same, same. Yeah, and it's, it's just so much content. You're like just absorbing. So I know... I was watching, literally, like as I say, um, Sammo Hung stuff and Bruce Lee and um, Jackie Chan things, whatever I could find, basically, um, and enjoying tons of it. But at the same time, also mixing in things that aren't martial arts at all, just Asian cinema in general, and it becomes too much of a, a, a an amalgam, melting pot of stuff, basically. So I can't tell you what my first sort of Jackie Chan experience was either outside of that. But Shanghai Noon, as you guys have already mentioned, Rush Hour, for example, it was when it was like, right, we're now marketing this to a different audience. And I remember, I think it was, I think it was Rumble in the Bronx. That was one of the ones that was like, this is now a thing. That was, that was kind of his US breakout, yes, basically. exactly. The noticeably filmed in Vancouver. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and then it's classically, pair him with a funny person who's, you know, established, who isn't going, who's just going to literally um, be a VJ, who's just going to mm. commentate on what's happening. Pay him with someone who's going to talk constantly to make up for the fact that his English skills are obviously not... are much better than our collective Chinese yeah. skills. No Se- shit, second language, but, yeah. But like, it's his second language. He's still learning, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah. His he, accent he... is noticeable. I mean, it's still noticeable now, but it's obviously yeah, improved over the years. But like, yeah. In, in Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights, it's like, I remembered it being much clearer because I know the film so well that I yes, know all the lines and stuff. I was like, oh yeah, it's just like immaculate English the whole time. It's like, 
No, Jackie still has a pretty heavy accent like yeah, in the early 2000s. And I can imagine some people being put off by that. But when he is kicking ass and throwing horseshoes around and balancing mm-hmm. on boxes and crushing dudes' hands and stuff and just doing all this amazing... The um, bouncing people from like market stalls thing yes. in oh, Shanghai yeah. Nights that is brilliant. Because um, the action in Shanghai Nights, there are still moments that are great. It's still Jackie Chan action, so there's still there's, there's a fantastic few moments sets. where yeah. the, um, mm-hmm. the fight which is, I think, is the same fight, but uh, when he has the umbrellas out. Yes. And yes, then it turns into does the singing, in, singing the in the rain moment. Yeah. yeah. And he's balancing on the box, going backwards and forwards, and the guy's trying to get his hand out and back in and out. Yeah. And, out and then squashes his hand and does the full, yeah, the, the soundtrack literally turns into like a weird, like atmospheric version of singing in the rain. You hear the yeah. do, 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 and he's like spinning around and kicking the guy in the face yeah. and stuff. There's brilliant moments in there, but the second one just doesn't capture the magic at least for me as a kid and mm-hmm. you know like i said less so now because it hasn't aged particularly well but yeah did you did you well, love like, it did you love the first one as much yeah, as so Tim I, and was, I did when i you was were that? 16 when i saw it in the cinema um and again i also was when i started getting into westerns as well yeah, yeah so i really enjoyed it uh for what it was i thought it was a good pairing of the things i liked i at the time thought this is really good it's got like a message it's saying something because it was it it felt like it was a bold. I mean, again, this is the perspective of a child, so you can take it with a pinch of salt. But it felt like it was bold filmmaking for me. It was like, wow, they're they're addressing the whole racism thing, and it's like, well, mm-mm, sure. In a mainstream comedy, they've mentioned some stuff, you know, where he doesn't want to hang out with him because he's in almost oh, much a Chinaman. You know, I'm not, I'm not friends I with him. Do say Chinaman a lot right in this movie, yeah. But it's like, yeah, I mean, again. I was also watching at the same time Romper Stomper. So I know there are a lot of worse words that could be used. Yeah. Um, but that's the point. It's, it's the idea that I felt like, yeah, this is a fun, entertaining thing. It's done really well. They pair up nicely. Um, I enjoyed that. That was great. Whoever this Lucy Lou person is, she's really cool. She'll go on to do stuff, I imagine. Um, all that sort of stuff. And she mm-hmm. did. She fucking did. Then Shanghai Nights rolls around. and I'm Okay, so I was 16 when I saw Shanghai Noon. And by the time the DVD came out, I was maybe 16, half, 17 years old. Bought that, watched it a lot, repeat a lot of other things. I was mm-hmm. streaming, I was, I was, you know, in my catalog of stuff to watch. Then 19 years old, Shanghai Nights, saw the trailer for it and thought, this doesn't look good. <laughs> I don't like that it's coming to England, but I, sure, I get it. Oof, we need to, that, we need to talk about that yeah. in a moment, yeah. And from the cinematography to, even to be fair, the fight choreography, to the script, to the characters, the story performances performances yeah, yeah. the continuity issues of things like wait where are these plots that you had previously all these characters that have gone not a thing anymore yeah. fine all that sort of stuff abandoned and i was like i kind of fucking hate this and being british when you're when, you, when you're watching like this thing that references stuff that's happening in china and america and you think the dates are kind of there i guess that's i mean it, 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 we'll get to this but the idea that they reveal what uh Owen Wilson's character's real name is. You go, mm. oh, yeah, 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 I get it. That's a little in-joke, but... They do that a lot. Yes. But the <laughs> They sec- fucking love people's names and revealing people's names. They do. Or the cl- the opening one of Chong Wang being John Wayne. John Wayne, yeah. Like, mm. uh, yeah Which fine. is a Back to the Future joke. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, it, it, it's, it's fine. It's perfectly fine, because they do it, I think, maybe twice in the first film. In this, in the second the two main one, characters, like, exactly, yeah, and that's that like, like yeah, that's sure. fine. 
But in the second film, fuck me. So I, much frustration. I got so annoyed. It's, oh, it's... it's infuriating. And it also doesn't work. There are a handful of things that the don't work. The timelines literally don't line up. No. And uh, again, we'll get to synopses in a second. If you haven't seen any of these films, dear listeners, yeah, we'll I, I will it. read through some synopses to kind of give you my uh, editorialized thoughts on these <laughs> movies. But like, yeah, the first one at least feels not historically accurate. I'm not being ridiculous here, but like, it's consistent within its own universe. And it's stuff. vague when it's set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's the 1880s. And they're not yeah. interacting with historical His- major historical figures a lot. Yeah, and then, yeah. oh, let's bugger off to England. And, oh, there's Queen Victoria. And I know I talked about this a little while ago, saying, like, I have no real concept how, like, American and British timelines line up. There's like, the American West is a thing that happened, and England was doing something else at the time. Yeah. I don't know what that was. There's also like Victorian times and Edwardian times and what the fuck were the Americans doing in Edwardian times? I have no concept of that mm. and all this kind of stuff. And then they, in the second one, they fuck off and meet Queen Victoria, see Queen Victoria. And I'm like, I do meet her. They get knighted. They do, yes. Spoiler alert. Um, but it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. There's this whole like tick all the fucking boxes and do all the things. And as we'll talk about like ticking those boxes for going to England takes away the westernness that i think made the first one work yes because it's compl- now a, suddenly a different genre i guess like action adventure well, kind of thing it, like it generic goes, action adventure it goes from you know i mean i, I can understand why we do it it goes from jackie chan's character is a fish out of water what if there was another fish out of water <laughs> and it was both of them and like Oh, I and mean, also I, Jackie Chan's sister. I assume you reason. just do a rush hour two and make it, you know, that the fish out of water is that almost has to go to China. Mm. It's like, no, they both go to Britain. I'm out. The one of the problems, the many, many problems that Shanghai Night has mm. is that Shanghai Noon is a little bit of a tick box exercise in terms of like, yeah. okay, right, it's a, it, we're doing a western. Okay, there's got to be Native Americans in it. We'll have some bad yeah. ones and we'll have some good ones and we'll have a train heist. And we'll have a a a, a, a sheriff. Brawl, we'll have a, a sheriff. Yeah, yeah. we'll have yeah. A, a like Bounty a, a high noon yeah. situation where yes. with a with a, a duel in the, the streets duel, yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that western is a genre, and so those are tropes of a genre that it is then playing with. Some of them it's subverting, some of them it's Correct, doing yeah. straight up. Is British a genre? British, yeah, <laughs> British, British is, is not a genre. <laughs> um, and so question. it. So instead, it's just a fucking Austin Powers esque list of like I, I referenced Austin Powers <laughs> in my synopses because, but why is well, which you can do well because Tim did it in his Austin Powers. <laughs> that's list. true. That's true. Yeah, exactly. You can make a historical do Austin Powersy thing work, but like they just do it. He literally says, "Yeah, baby," at one point. I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" Mm. Oh, but God. yeah, it just becomes like, okay, what? Right, we're in Britain, so what are the things we've got to see? We've got to see the guards at the Buckingham Palace. We've got to. They don't move. You're going to shout at them, yeah, and they can't, yeah. they can't do anything. So. Yeah, right. we've got to have some like uh, Cockney pickpockets. We've got to have. <laughs> we'll talk about know, the little Cockney pickpocket oh, in a minute. We'll go to fucking Madame Two Swords. You yeah. know, it, it, it's Big so. Big Ben, Houses of Parliament, the yeah. Lords, the Queen. Yeah. Uh, most egregiously, Stonehenge. Stonehenge. Yeah. Just down the road when a car is like, you know. Just down just down the road, about 90 miles west. Yeah. yeah. Mm. In, a, in a car from the late 19th yes, century. Yes, in an age when cars went about four miles an hour. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jesus. Should we get to the synopses then, Let's gentlemen? Let's do it, boys. Yeah. So, 
as I said, 2000s, the year of the millennium, mm. Shanghai Noon. Uh, I think you'll find it's pronounced Willennium. Oh, sorry. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. We're not doing Men in Black, unfortunately. We've already done that. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. A, a Will Smith, Jackie Chan film probably would have been fucking brilliant. I mean, it probably would have just been Rush Hour Mark Two, but yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I'm, I'm, I don't disagree with you. I think that'd be very, very interesting. I'm thinking about the time you'd have to release it. Would have to yeah. be early 2000s again. Yeah, there'd be such different parts. Uh, interesting. Are you, Tim. Are you hinting mm, at casting things? And I'm, by the way, Tim is pitching this one. By the way, good point. Actually, I didn't know that. Yeah, it could be. It could be. A, could, be a, could be a Will Smith in there. Who knows? Who knows? Tim quickly fixes something. <laughs> Tim, get the laptop out now. <laughs> um, so yes, year 2000, Shanghai Noon. We are, in fact, in 1881, according to the script. Cool. Because, as you said, they don't mention the year in the film, I believe. And there's a bunch of stuff they don't mention in the film. I'll get onto certain bits later on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, stuff has come out in, uh, like, the, the credits and stuff. And, and the script gives characters names that aren't named in the thing and all this kind of bollocks. Um, yeah. So we're in 1881. We are in the Forbidden City in China. And John Wayne... Did I say mm. Chong Wang or John Wayne? Who knows? Um, that's Jackie Chan's character. He's working as Imperial Guard in the Forbidden City. Aided by her foreign tutor, Princess Pei Pei, played by... Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu, the fantastic Lucy Liu. Runs away to the United States. <laughs> Very quickly. It's like, oh, wow. I'd forgotten how quickly this film oh, like, gets going starts. Fast, it, like, yeah. Yeah, it's breakneck speed. Uh, she runs away to the United States, and the Emperor of China sends three of his guards and the royal interpreter... The retriever. That's it. And John Wayne basically nominates himself to be like, I'm going to go as well. Yeah. yeah. Gets to go because his uncle is the interpreter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He lets, yeah. He lets him join, yeah. basically. He fancies the princess. Yeah. Uh, he also failed to stop her escape as well. Feels kind of responsible. Mm. Like, oh, I must do it. And, you know, he need to hold my hands up here. Yes. He insists on joining the mission. The royal interpreter, Wang's uncle, as you mentioned. Uh, allows him to accompany the party. And the captain of the Imperial Guards hopes the foreign devils will get rid of Chong Wan. <laughs> Direct quote. <laughs> the party arrives in Nevada, where outlaw Roy O'Bannon and his gang hijack a train. Mm. Their train that they're on with all of the gold and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, because the princess is being ransomed at this she point. Is, She's... She is being ransomed, yeah. yes. It moves at a breakneck speed. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's suddenly like, oh, they're robbing a train. Oh, my God, just be ransomed. Ah, Jesus Christ. Uh, Wallace. Goddamn Wallace in this first movie. Goggins, man. Walton Goggins is the man. Uh, a new member of the gang from Texas. Oh, goddamn Texas. What were you thinking? <laughs> what were you thinking? The gin joke being that Owen Wilson's from Texas. Owen Wilson's yeah. from Texas, yeah. Uh, he goes off script and shoots Wang's uncle. Yeah. For some reason. And Wilson's kind of like, oh, that's kind of annoying. Yeah, because he's mm. kind of, I guess, Roy O'Bannon he's is kind of, he's the gentleman thief type, isn't he? Yes, like, he's like, he, we don't, we don't goes steal and, from beautiful women. He goes and chats up one of the women while yeah. they're all robbing all the other guys and mm. stuff. And like, that was the reference you made earlier, Matt. I was like, he's mm-hmm. an outlaw before. You wanna, yeah. He's super horny all the time. It's exciting, but you know, he's scary. <laughs> but also, take your pants off. <laughs> that kind of like, pretty what, much. What the fuck is this? Yeah. It's a Dick Turpin, motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, Wang comes out of the other train and fights off the gang before uncoupling the train cars and escaping on the engine. Cool little scene where he fights them off and we see a, a little glimpse at the Jackie Chan action. Running on logs. Whoa. Yeah, running on logs and stuff. Yeah. Wallace takes over the gang and kicks Roy out. Again, moving at breakneck speed here. Mm-hmm. 
Meanwhile, Pei Pei, tricked into believing she was escaping her arranged marriage in China, learns she has been kidnapped by Lo Fong, a traitor who fled the Forbidden City, a former Imperial Guard who betrayed the whole royal family yeah. thing. And uh, yeah. You can tell he's evil because he's got a mustache. He's bald with a mustache. What? Therefore, he's <laughs> evil. Sounds like a great guy to me. <laughs> Sounds like a stand-up guy to me. Sounds Just like me. I'd marry my daughter off to that guy. Yeah. Somehow, Wang finds Roy buried in his buried up to his neck, like up to his chin, basically, in sand, mm-hmm. and dreaming about foursomes. Because, of course he is. He's horny as fuck. A joke that they will repeat and one-up in oh. the second film, because oh, of course they do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The, we'll get to the licking scene, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> and the the bloopers of course it's a Jackie Chan movie of course there's bloopers but the blooper from the licking scene in it's Shanghai so creepy <laughs> Owen Wilson is just being horny yeah but in real life and he's like maybe we should do another take I don't know give me another maybe I'll lick you next time it's like alright Owen you don't need to live the gimmick mate like <laughs> switch it off when you're when the cameras aren't on, mate. Like. And uh, what did you mean by that, Mr. Wilson, uh, uh, as as the defendant in this case? <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Um, wow. I mean, she liked me first. Didn't yeah. You? It was a movie. And it was, um, and it was a cow and Stonehenge. Like, all right. You all think right, that's I mean, professional conduct, Mr. Yeah. Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's dreaming about foursomes buried up to his head in the sand and demands to know, and Wang demands to know the direction to Carson City. This is apparently where uh, the princess is located and where he's going to find all the gold and all that bollocks. Roy tells him the city's on the other side of a mountain, and in return, Wang leaves him two chopsticks in Roy's mouth to dig himself out. And I kind of love that we don't address it and he just appears later. Yes. It's brilliant, and I remember loving that it's, scene as a kid. It's great because it gives Jackie, little Chong Wang, a reason to be kind of intrigued and impressed by Roy because he's like how did you get out and he's like you want to know I dug my way out with those chopsticks (laughs) (laughs) and maybe he did who Mm. knows that is the legend of Roy O'Bannon versus the mummy it's very it's very much um, it's Jack Sparrow except they never they never go like oh actually some smugglers turned up and I got a like yeah, they just, yeah. Bro, they just explain it and be like, Which it could easily be someone dug him out and convinced them, like, oh, I'll help you out. I got some money in my pocket. No, I don't. Fuck you. Hey. And he yeah, runs yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Wang reaches the other side of the mountain and saves a little Native American boy from the evil crow tribe. As you mentioned, Matt, they do the, the kind of trope of there's some good Native Americans and some evil, like, cannibalistic Native Americans yeah. or something. They do bit. have that wonderful moment of, <laughs> of Jackie Chan throwing the. Uh, the tomahawks and then being yeah. caught and they're like, oh, and they just catch yeah, they just catch like, them out of the air and he's like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Uh, he then is accepted into the tribe for saving the boy, gets high on a peace pipe, and half consciously marries the chief's daughter. Yes, this is the character name in the credits. She is known as Indian Wife. Yes, I'm not calling her Indian Wife in this pit in this synopsis. I refuse to. Uh, her name in the script. Is falling leaves. So I will kind of call her Chon's wife, falling leave, Wang's wife, whatever, mm. that kind of sure, stuff. Sure. I will avoid using Indian wife as much as I can. I um so I did a little bit of research mm. uh in that regard as part of preparation for my uh my my pitch. And it turns out that like uh I believe it's Moon of the Falling Leaves 
is one of the seasons in the like Sioux calendar. Oh, interesting. Um, so she's technically so called... She's from the Sioux tribe, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she's technically called like October. Ah, <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, Wang finds a small town and encounters Roy <laughs> in a tavern. Yeah. And basically starts a barroom fight because he's cheating with cards and stuff. And... It's a big fucking Jackie Chan action sequence. Yeah, yep, yeah. It's great. Loads of table yeah. fighting and cards going yeah. everywhere and fights with antlers. Oh, yeah. the antlers. Yeah, so good. Good stuff. Uh, of course, because of the barroom brawl, they're sent to jail and they share each other's stories. Sort of. <laughs> I dug myself out. Like, mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy offers to help Wang find the princess. And while John and Roy try to escape by peeing on Chon's shirt, and this, as I mentioned earlier, the uh, a wet shirt, very strong. Like, <laughs> you, you said wet shirt, very strong, not pee shirt, Ben Bass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but brilliant, brilliant moment where it actually starts working and Owen Wilson's reaction, like, Wait, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I only think about it like that kind of does make sense actually. And uh, did they do it in MythBusters? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it did work as well. I bet eventually, yeah. I have, like a lot of pressure. But yeah, in yeah, theory, yeah. it works. Yeah, yeah. If it's very old, weak bars and a very strong shirt, yes, <laughs> you can get the balance there somewhere. I, I believe work. that Jackie Chan can make up. He's the X factor in that equation. Yeah, definitely. The like, he maker. can make that work. Yeah. And uh, welcome to number one of the Deus Ex Machina moments where Chon's wife shows up and just saves them. Yeah. Because that happens all the oh, fucking yeah. time in this movie. She does the classic, like, tie the uh, livestock to the back of the jail and rip the wooden wall off and that mm-hmm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. And they're already through the bar, so they're like, oh, shit, we need to get back through the other bars yeah. <laughs> to then escape. Uh, now in Carson City, Roy discovers that both he and Wang are wanted by Marshal Nathan Van Cleef. Of course, reference to Lee Van Cleef, classic Western yeah. star, uh, inspiration for Revolver Ocelot and stuff from, <laughs> from, <laughs> from Metal Gear Solid for my fellow Metal Gear Solid oh. fans. Um, they reach Roy's hideout, which is just a brothel, basically. Hi, Roy. Hey, Roy. Yeah. Roy, Roy, oh, Roy. Hi, Roy. It's like, oh, well, Bannon. Jesus Christ, yeah. dude. <laughs> He's a horn dog. And turns out Owen Wilson is in real life as well. So there you go. Clearly. And they bond, they bond with each other while recuperating. In a, in a bath. An amazing bath scene. Mm. Yes. The, the Chinese a... drinking game yes. thing and the whiskey is just getting yeah. spilled everywhere. And it gets faster and faster and faster and faster and faster, faster, faster. And then they stop for a bit and then they go back to it again. Mm-hmm. It's just so good and it's just splashing everywhere. Mm. Yeah. So they, have to, they have real chemistry. Legit chemistry. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Uh, uh, they are eventually arrested by Van Cleef after a drunken encounter with Wang um, and discover that Lo Fong is behind the princess's abduction this is scary bald moustachioed man uh, hello <laughs> this is Matthew <laughs> it's Asian Matthew we'll call one of my many counterparts <laughs> is, there, is there just a, a version of you in every particular like there are tens of us yeah, yeah. <laughs> dozens <laughs> uh as they're about to be hanged, Wang frees himself. He does the like twist around and free himself with his feet stuff. And oh, wait for it. His wife comes and saves the day again and lines yeah. up the sniper shot and stuff and, so, and shoots Roy's uh, thing, uh, rope and saves the, the noose. Yeah. He yep. shoots the noose and everything's fine. Number two of the <laughs> wife just helping them out. It's like. And buggering off again. Exactly. Yeah. She just disappears for a bit, comes and saves them, and yeah. goes. Cheers. Stands in the shadows, comes out, Deus Ex Machina, goes back in again. Pretty much. Uh, Wang gets upset after overhearing Roy tell a prostitute he's not Wang's friend. He does the whole, like, 
Well, yeah, we're not. I mean, we're not friends. I'm not like, riding with him. I'm not riding with him. And he gets a bit pissed off by that. After yeah. the whole bonding experience, he thought they were mm-hmm. getting closer. Roy kind of fobs him off and, and lies to this lady about mm-hmm. him and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Wang eventually goes and finds Pepe in a labor camp, which was a thing back in the day in the, in the, in the oh, 1800s. Yeah. Uh, lots of Chinese people Mostly used to build... how trains got... Yep, yeah, build railroads yeah. and trains and locomotives and stuff. Yeah. And Lo Fong is basically running this labor camp and like, yeah, I'll bring you over from China. There's, there's so much freedom in America. Everything will be fine. Get in my fucking labor camp. There's a weird alternate reality crossover where you've got Owen Wilson in this sort of lighthearted comedy and you've got this very privileged princess working in this labor camp in the American West. Um, and then on the other side of things, there's 310 to Yuma where Luke Wilson <laughs> is running a Chinese labor camp um, oh, yeah. to build railroads. But it's very dark and different. Yeah. yeah. And they electrocute Russell Crowe. As they should do. Do care. Of. <laughs> That's for Les Mis. I'll <laughs> <laughs> teach you for ruining Javert, you Aussie <laughs> bastard. Um, he finds Pepe, but even despite all of the horrible shit she's doing in the, in the labor camps, carrying all of the stuff and helping the people out, stuff she's not used to as a princess, obviously. She actually wants to stay in the labor camp because she wants to help all the other people out and stuff. And he's doing the kind of like, Oh, but I must help the the poor people out, and the yeah. the classic princess wants to help the poor people out. Kind of, kind of trope there. Diana, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> people always bring up like, oh, you know, a princess who's down to earth and understands things. Like, yeah, sure, yeah. Uh, Lo Fong obviously finds Wang there, attacks him. They have a bit of a fight, mm-hmm. and wait enough. Royd rides in and saves him this time, so not his wife, which is nice. <laughs> wife was busy. The wife was busy off preparing for the next day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Even though she's married to, to Wang, she only shows up to save Roy, really. Oh, we'll talk about that, Tim. Oh, we'll yeah. talk about that. Oh, yeah. There's a weird moment at the end of this movie that I still don't oh, get to this yeah. day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The next day, the Imperial Guards bring gold to the Carson City Mission Church to ransom Pepe from Lofong, but the exchange is complicated by the appearance of, of course, our heroes. John and Roy. Mm. Wang tells his fellow guards he will not allow them to take the princess as she wishes to stay in America and he wants to honour her wishes, basically, and, and believes in her. And as the guards and Lo Fong fight, because he was the one doing the exchange, Van Cleef arrives and engages Roy in a gunfight. And this is one of those scenes that is forever embedded in my brain. The, <laughs> oh yeah, you're getting real close, O'Bannon, and he's a terrible fucking shot firing all over mm-hmm. the church. Yeah, they're, they're both hiding behind pillars hiding in the church. Hiding behind pillars in a church, yes. and yeah. Van Cleef is like got dozens of shots on <laughs> he's target. He's got in, entire bandoliers of bullets, and he's just nailing this pillar and destroying it, yeah. yeah. Roy's hitting everywhere except the pillar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a little closer to the right, Roy, you're getting better. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, He's down. Roy gets down to one single bullet and asks Van Cleef to play fair. And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I'll get rid of all my bullets and drops like three on the floor to make the sound as if he's like, yeah, I've gotten rid of all my yeah. bullets. And just loads both guns as much as he can. And uh, yeah, they... Owen Wilson's scream is so weird. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's very clearly... Because it's in slow motion, but his screaming isn't in slow motion. So it's edited, so he goes like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, mate, you need to you need to chill out there. It's it's almost like when you get a Jackie Chan stunt in an old like Hong Kong action film, and they'd film it from four different angles and show it four <laughs> times. 
it's it, this all... is Owen Wilson's stunt. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. yeah, him running out and with the one bullet, he pierces Van Cleef's sheriff badge mm-hmm. and kills him, and miraculously does not get shot himself. Which again, when we find out what his name is at the end of the film, is actually a reference to some other stuff. But yeah, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, where are we? Uh, Wang fights the Imperial Guards as Lo Fong chases Pei Pei through the raft of the church. They're still not convinced that she should stay in America, basically. Mm. Um, and Lo Fong chases Pei Pei up through the rafters of the church. They head up towards the bell at the top of the tower that Wang com- eventually is able to convince the guards and they basically say, you're the man for the job. Go and save the princess. She's mm-hmm. more important. You know, Our honor and all this kind of stuff is important, but you need to save her life. Um, Wang eventually confronts Lo Fong at the top of the bell tower after Lo Fong like, breaks Pei Pei's ankle and beats the hell out of her. Quite a brutal fight. Yeah. Some good some good martial arts action from Lucy Liu there as well, which I always appreciate. Because hmm. she's known for do- also doing a bunch of her own stunts as well and is very mm-hmm. influenced by Jackie and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Wang ends up like dismantling the bell and cutting some of the ropes and hangs Lo Fong with one of the, the bell ringing mm. ropes. And yes. He is dragged down as the bell comes crashing down and Pei Pei and Wang just barely escape at the last second from the falling bell. The Imperial Guards agree to let Pei Pei remain in Nevada and reward Wang and Roy with the ransom gold at the end of it. So they're, they're millionaires. Yay. Great. They've got all the gold. That'll play big into the sequel, right, guys? Uh... <laughs> Wallace and his gang finally catch up. Goggins is back. Hey, old Bannon. <laughs> oh, so good. And Demand, they come out and fight. And of course, uh, Bannon believes he's untouchable. So he does the whole, like, yeah. I mean, nobody's, they can't, they can't have me. <laughs> I'm on a mission bullets. from God. I'm on a mission <laughs> from God. Exactly. Yeah. As the bullets come flying in. And uh, as they come out, third time, <laughs> falling leaves and, and the Native American crew, the reinforcements just show up out of nowhere on top of the church somehow. Yeah. And they're just like, we've got you, Wallace and the gang. Um, finally, there's a big like Chinese cultural celebration. Um, I don't, is it a New Year's thing? Or is it just a celebration that Pei Pei has been saved? It's I never think, really I think specified. it's never really nailed down exactly what I it is. I think it's both Pei Pei has like been saved and, and, and Lo Fang is dead and so they're free to leave the labor camp kind of yeah. thing. That's probably I it. think the yeah. film didn't put that much thought into what it actually might represent. Yeah. Yeah. At this celebration, Roy kisses <laughs> Wang's wife. Yeah. What the fuck, Roy? I I get that there's like some like I, I always felt like it was more kind of brother sister stuff with Wang and, and Pei Pei. But they're very much like turn it into a weird little romantic at the end. So he guess he's like, Yeah, you can fuck my wife, it's fine. Like, what? <laughs> and they really like get stuck in right next to the dude. Mm. <laughs> it's real weird. May, well, it's maybe Wang, maybe marriage. Wang's into cuckolding and stuff. It's an arranged marriage <laughs> she wasn't maybe into. So yeah, she, I she think, saves I, his life multiple times. But you're right, she saves Roy's life yeah. quite a few times. So maybe she was into Roy the whole time. Who knows? Uh, yeah, and I think they make they make it pretty clear in the opening that like um like Chon Wang is like sort of in love with the princess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Like yes. it's clear that like yeah, he he has a big crush on her at the very yeah. least. And then they put Lucy Liu in a weird, anachronistic, like, boob tube type yeah. top. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. And they hug Wang and Pei Pei at the end to kind of like, yeah. Uh, finally, Wang and Roy are now sheriffs from all the money, I guess. 
whatever. Pay off your own bounty and become yeah. and honest they just, men. And mm. they discuss like, wow, I can't believe it. it was Sheriff Roy O'Bannon. It's like, well, Roy O'Bannon's not my real name. My real name's Wyatt Up. I'm like, oh, terrible name for a cowboy. Reusing the Back to the Future joke again. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's how you make a joke funny is you do it twice. Right, Shanghai Knights, we'll get to in a second. Yeah, because it's like... There's the theme of revealing ar- the names. True. You could argue that the... What's your name, dude? Uh, Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. That's a stupid name. I'm like, what's your name? Chong Wang. John Wayne? That's a stupid name. Cause, mm. Yeah, because there's mm. actors' names who we associate with the roles, not mm. the character names. What's your name? Why up? up? Oh, so a historical figure who was a cowboy who went on to be one of the great yeah. sheriffs and some of the actual frontiersmen. Okay, that the, these kind of work. This is fine. It doesn't feel as, as Jack Wright points out, we will get to, Ooh. as fucking gut punches. Wait, you don't understand your own joke in the second film. Yeah. <laughs> they become sheriffs and the reflection of the bank robbery, I'm sorry, reflection of the train robbery at the beginning, they are now the guys off to stop the, yes. the robbers, and Abannon does the whole thing. They're stealing my moves, man. <laughs> They're not even doing it right, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's where we end Shanghai News. It's a nice little thing. Lovely it's a, piece. single little package. Yeah. Don't, don't need a sequel. I think you could show it to someone <laughs> like a, a, a 12, 13 year old today, and they go, that was great fun. Like, yeah, because yeah, it's very it's very innocent. It, it's, I don't think it's wholly offensive in what it does no um it's early 2000s late 90s effectively whereby it's like yeah you could have this better than that could be a lot better but mm. then that's true of saying like i'm gonna show you ghostbusters and like yeah yeah ghost blowjob scene like yeah. oh <laughs> jesus christ yeah. so yeah of course but even then it's it's still holds up i think reasonably well yeah 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 like i said rewatching it i still enjoyed it 20 years later yeah and Probably part of that is me knowing it so well and knowing like, oh yeah, I do remember that. That's it's really nostalgia, good. you know what's yeah, coming. It's the familiarity is the yeah. Exactly. But I think even for new viewers, it would still work. Yeah, and yeah. even people who don't, you know, didn't grow up on cowboy films and don't get all the references and stuff, you don't necessarily need to get that. It's a lot of like kids. Sells you the a lot idea. of kids' films we have these days mm. are like, there's the reference for the parents. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. uh, there's the little thing to that film or that thing you loved from the eighties. But the kids are enjoying the kids stuff, so you can you can still enjoy that without having that background knowledge. Mm. It also doesn't lean like obviously there's the the the, the name stuff we mentioned with Chong Wan and White Earp at the, the beginning and the end, but stuff like it doesn't when it's like Marshall Nathan Van Cleef, it doesn't then like there's look no at wink. To, there's no yeah. wink to the camera at that point. That's just his name, and it just happens to be a reference to he, a famous Western. He's actor. in black with a big ass mustache. It's very obvious what's going on, but yeah. still at the same time, it's like, yeah, it if works. If you know, you know. If you don't, it doesn't matter, and you can still enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, and that and that doesn't slow down the film at all. Yeah. 2003's Shanghai Nights. It was shit then. It's shit now. Yep. We're now in 1887, so six years after the first movie for some reason. Yeah. Even though it's only been three years since the first movie. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan. It's because they have to make the, the dates same. work for when they get to Britain. Right? Yeah. So the timeline lines up with all these historical figures, <laughs> right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of historical figures, everyone's favorite, Lord Nelson Rathbone. <laughs> Hello. Played by Ever Irish, Aidan Gillen. Who had like who has moments like in the wire? Oh, I his know, accent's I know, I know. great. He does in America. He's like the Baltimore sleazy politician guy. It works. Game of Thrones. He starts off with an English accent 
And then like eight episodes in, he's always a little bit Irish. <laughs> and then he goes very Irish and he just fucking gives up. I don't care anymore. Yeah, pretty much. He's also got extremely early 2000s hair in this. Oh, it's it, painful. Is he <laughs> supposed to look like Sid Vicious or something? Like uh, that? Was, <laughs> I feel like it's a reference to... He looks like he should be vampire number three in yeah, Underworld. Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's a weird kind of like... He is... 2000s punk look yeah. that feels so out of place. It looks very Germanic as well, that the mm. sort of Teutonic black and white. And, mm. and it's like, if he'd said, hello, I am Count so-and-so yes. and I'm going to steal this royal thing. It's like, <laughs> but like, then it's like literally, um, ah, I'm doing this thing. For, it's like, uh, it's, uh, sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just very frustrating because the visuals do not line up with what you're expecting and what you're seeing is yep. very irritating. He leads a band of boxers, which are never explained in the movie. You may think, oh, do you mean like people... There's who a bunch of pugilists. Yeah, <laughs> fighting in a ring, or do you mean like big dogs? No. no neither of those things. The Chinese. It's like, <laughs> what? And everybody's like, oh, the boxers. Let's not explain that. I'm like, cool. Thanks, movie. Um, basically, they're a ruthless band of Chinese people. <laughs> <laughs> Historically <laughs> speaking, it depends on which side you're on. on the yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's it, it's conflict within. Would, would lead a revolution in about thirty years' time Correct. in China. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a thing. Hey, we can throw a historical reference in here, so let's do it. And mm-hmm. thus is the downfall of Shanghai <laughs> Nights. Yeah. The Get box- ready for all I, the I historical just references. Just shoehorn the Boxer Revolution in at a certain time and think, right, what's happening in Britain around the same time? Because because we were heavily I feel like they do less research than I do when I do pitches. Like when I did the whole Almost Braveheart thing of yeah. Like yeah. lining up all of my timelines to a non-existent like alternate universe where William Wallace was yeah. born like eight years earlier than he was. All yeah. that bollocks. I was like, but you know this doesn't happen for another 20 years. They just like 19th century uh, Chinese stuff. And they're mm. like, yeah, that'll do. Boxer Revolution. That's fine. Anyway, he leads a band of the boxers into the Forbidden City kills the keeper of the Imperial Seal of China and steals the seal itself. And with his dying breath, the keeper gives his daughter, Chon Lin, a puzzle box for her brother, Sheriff Chon Wang. <laughs> Good thing that she didn't get killed for some reason. Yep, she's just there. She's and pushed escapes. over. The, the Imperial Seal of China, as featured in my Ocean's 12 pitch. Yes! yes! <gasps> Crossover, Tim. Yeah. Oh my Which God. Which I, I believe was also should have been missing at this time. Yes. yes. And doesn't look like a seal in this film. It looks like a big, like, golden diamond yeah, thing. It's a big, it, yeah, it looks a bit public enemy thing you sling around your neck. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. A big clock. Big clock. <laughs> Back in Carson City, Nevada, Wang has captured an impressive array of fugitives. He's doing pretty well as a sheriff. Mm-hmm. Doing pretty well for himself. He receives a box and a letter from his sister telling him of their father's death and that she has tracked the murderer. Here we go, folks. To jolly old London. England. Because we need to go to fucking London in this movie. Yeah, and he has the <sighs> most inept deputy. Yeah. That he leaves us in charge. It's a minor it's a completely minor point that 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 you know Chong Wang is like, oh great sheriff, he's run himself, of course he is. And just Roy's not around, we'll get to it in a second. But he has this deputy that I for some reason <laughs> hate so much. <laughs> he he has a really anachronistic like he looks so modern, the deputy. I yeah. can't put yeah. my finger on why, but there's something about him that's just like, you shouldn't be here. You should be chugging a beer in like an American pie and sequel. I, and I think yep. that's kind of the point, but they don't, they either don't lean into it enough to make it a point, mm. yeah. or 
do anything with it to make it interesting. Yeah, or it was like, completely incidental. Just, 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 they just cast yeah. the wrong person. It looks like a frat bro in 1887 because fuck it. Yeah, yeah. very weird. Uh, if he'd have had frosted tips, I don't think I would have been that <laughs> there surprised. There we go, there we go. He might have under that fucking hat. Yeah. Mm. Keeping up the breakneck pace of the first film, Wang travels to New York, just all yep. the way to New York from Nevada. <laughs> just chill, you know, mm. easy 1887 travel, just get on a train for like, Seven weeks, yeah. be fine. Uh, and bumps into none other than best-selling author and Austin Powers impersonator <laughs> Roy O'Bannon. <laughs> he has another fish out of water moment because in the first film he's obviously in um, full royal Chinese regalia kind of thing mm. at the Imperial Palace, um, and it's like, oh, look at these fancy marks and that kind of mm. usual, you know, you don't belong around here kind of thing. Mm. Now he looks like a cowboy in the refined areas of New York. Oh, look at the common peasant. That kind of, you know, yeah. look and things. Yeah. And uh, he comes to basically collect his share of the gold from the first one. So, like, oh, yeah, Roy, do you remember when we got all that money like yeah. a few years ago? Can I, can I have that? I need, to, I need to go to London. Roy is not in law enforcement anymore. <laughs> As I mentioned, yeah. he is uh, somehow a best-selling author of we don't know he's the author yet. Yes, of course. There's there's a lot he, of like Roy O'Bannon pulp fiction. Yeah, he's a, he's the star of many pulp fiction novels, including Roy O'Bannon yeah. versus the Mummy, which the deputy is reading and he talks yeah. about like, oh Correct, my god, yeah. Roy O'Bannon's the best. Like, what about the Shanghai Kid? Oh, he's been locked up. He's ah, uh, yeah, he's a sidekick. <gasps> I know a sidekick. All that stuff. Um, yeah, we should we should point out, and I'm sure your summary will get to it. Roy's a real asshole in the second. Roy, Roy is, is Roy is an asshole. Shit. Yeah. yeah. He's charming and mischievous scamp in the first one. Second one, he's a dick. Yeah. Roy's also single, I guess. Doesn't really particularly address it, but just like, yeah, I banged your wife, married your wife, and then left her, I guess. I'm a real dickhead. Um, and also, apparently, invested all of their gold in the Zeppelin. Because that's a technology from that era, right, guys? Yeah. And yeah, he's dressed as a, dressed as a waiter, coincidentally, in this... In this hotel. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> he's basically Austin Powers. It's weird. Um, <laughs> he's also a gigolo. And he tries to be a gigolo to get paid to get the money to go to London. But it doesn't work. <laughs> and they're like, well, fuck it. We'll climb into a crate and basically stow away our way there. Brilliant. In London, Roy's pocket is picked by a youth named Charlie. Played by, uh, and my mind was blown. <laughs> None other. Give the audiences like, like just conjure to your mind three actors who are currently about thirty-one years old. Yeah, Jack Chambers, if you will. Hello, the, the actor in question is exactly the same age as me. Exactly, and I'm just gonna let you have a moment for that. Now let's see if any of these fit this bill. Aaron Taylor Johnson, known <laughs> as Aaron Johnson back then, because he's fucking 13 years old is Charlie this little cockney whelp yeah little pickety pocket boy bowler hat and the fucking bowler hat dirty sort face of bob cut yeah oh blimey governor I'll take you down the fucking I stole your watch it's a fake yeah exactly oh which god which never comes up again no like the fact that the watch completely is completely irrelevant yeah, he's like, like oh it's, it's wow that's, that's a, a family heirloom yeah. oh it's a knockoff. Yeah. I stole that from my uncle yeah and his uncle stole it from someone famous and therefore yeah. it's a real thing or whatever. After a struggle between Roy, Wang, Charlie 
and a gang that Charlie is pissed off by being a little pickpockety bastard. Yeah. They all get arrested. That is actually a good fight scene, we should say. That's, that, that is one. Yeah, of the, that the, one holds up. Bit, yeah. It's got the bouncing on the, the market store. The bouncing thing. on the market the store the things is hilarious. The umbrella singing in yeah. the rain stuff is great. Doesn't look the shit like London. Bouncing on the box and doing that whole thing. Love that. I don't know what it's fucking supposed to be, but it's not London. I'm not saying like, you know, London now or then. It yeah. just looks like, where the fuck is this supposed to be? It, yeah. it looks like California backlot. Yes. Weird that, isn't it? It looks mm. like, oh, ye olde San Francisco. Yeah. Sh- sure. Yeah. They're taken to Scotland Yard because England. Right, There's guys? not a yard, it's a jail. Yep. There's only one police station in London. Yep. Yep. And this one is run by Inspector Artie. Oh, fuck off. We'll get to that. I've spoiled it in my synopses, but I'm keeping it for you, listeners, if you haven't already had it spoiled for you. He actually thanks the two for defeating the gang, which is nice. And they ask about Flynn. Have you seen, you know, any Chinese people around, basically? <laughs> What's going on? Um, Artie actually shows them that she is in custody as well because she tried to kill Lord Rathbone that we saw at the start of the movie. Yeah. Roy, unsurprisingly, is an absolute gross horn dog and just falls in love with her straight away because he can't help but steal Wang's wife and try to bang his sister. Yeah. Because he's gross. Um, and he gives her a deck of naked lady playing cards because he's cool oh God, and suave. I forgot about that. Yeah. I nearly didn't include it. And I thought, actually, no, I will. It, yeah. Because that's how she escaped from the jail. Spoiler alert for the next few sentences. Mm. She's like, oh, yeah, I used the pack of playing cards you gave me. I was like, oh, God. Okay. Um, and Artie brings it up later on as well. Wang and Roy encounter Charlie again and uh, break into an estate for shelter. They find an invitation to a gala at Buckingham yeah. Palace. Just complete coincidence. Just, the place they happen to go and like. So much of this is just bumbling in. To just, oh, I just happened to end we up did, in this place. Yeah, and we, whatever. It's like, should I just check my pockets? Oh, look, the thing I've been looking for. Yeah. 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 Literally that. Roy and Wang infiltrate the gala in disguise. Uh, you're ready for this, listeners, if you haven't seen this film, because Roy is Major General Sherlock Holmes. Because <laughs> he reads it from a clock, which is like Sherlock Company. Blah, 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 Holmes Street. And he's like, Sherlock Holmes, yes. And he's like, what a silly name. How ridiculous. And Wang, despite being Chinese, is described as the Maharaja of Nevada. Now, we talked about in the Time Cop summary how there's, in Time Cop 2, there's a bit where Jason Scott Lee is like pretending to be a Japanese, Japanese. Yes. Uh, like official when they're infiltrating the, the Nazi yeah. gathering. And then and, a great line about it. And, yeah. he, and yeah. there's a line about like, well, aren't you Chinese? It's like, they won't know the difference. Like, yeah. They're, they're a bunch racist. of fucking Nazis. Yeah. They won't tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. England at the height of the Victorian age would know what an Indian person looks like. Yeah. And we, also when we occupy we, part of we, Hong uh, Kong, we, we, yeah. we owned that as a colony. Yeah. Like, that was we, part of the fucking. They, they mentioned in the films. We just got done fighting the opium wars. Yeah. yeah. They, they literally talk about that. And then, I was like, in the defense, but Rathbone kind of sees through it. You get the impression that he kind of works it out because he talks about like, oh, yes, I've just done a, uh, I can't remember if it, he's, he's either is aware of, yeah, because he, he's, oh, I just did a tour in China or whatever. And he's like, hmm. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's a interesting accent you have there or something like that. It's mm. a little hint at it there. But still, not ideal to have this fucking terrible disguise. And he just says, yeah, just shake your head a lot. You'll look Indian. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Uh... Uh, Wang and Roy escape the gala and follow Rathbone to a private library where by pressing in the boobs of a statue, you go through a little secret passage oh, thing. wow, the Kama Sutra. Oh, God. Uh, He's so fucking dick. horny, it's insane. You better be horny in your sequel, Tim. He's not as horny as he is in uh, well, that's not. That's not possible. I love the idea that Tim's done something that's even more graphic than the Basic <laughs> Instinct 2. It's basically a porn parody. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Um... <laughs> Wang managed to find the box with the seal in, but the seal is gone, and they are attacked by guards, because of course they are. Of course. Lin, having used Roy's playing cards, told you it comes up later, to pick the lock in a cell, arrives and saves Roy. Oh, hello. God damn it. Love interest, saving Roy once again. Re- <laughs> redoing so the first one. to me. I don't know. It's kind yeah. of like, wow, wow. They see Rathbone give the Imperial seal to Wu Chao. Okay. Hmm. Donnie Yen Donnie shows up, Yen and I was like, up. oh yeah, Donnie, I forgot Donnie Yen was in this movie. Donnie Yen looking exactly the same as he does now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the motherfucker hasn't aged I in know. 18 crazy. years. It's crazy. Um, turns this, out... Sorry, this God. bit confused me so much. Me because too. Because he, he passes the seal to... I, I can't even remember the name of Donnie Yen's character. Uh, just Wu, like, Wu Chow. Wu Chow. Yeah. Passes the seal and is like, like, here's this in return for what you're doing for me. But then takes it back again afterwards. <laughs> Yes. Right? I was confused. I'm glad you brought that up, Tim, because I was watching it and I was like, what is the deal they're striking here? Like, what is the plan? It is like, what does here Chow it is, like, I don't need it right now. It's like, uh, okay, well, what the fuck? Take it yeah. later then? Because he's the illegitimate brother of the Emperor, and the Emperor at this point, he would be like 16 or whatever the hell he is, because they mentioned he's 12 years old mm. in the first one, so it'd be 18 in this, whatever it is. Anyway, We'll get to Wu Chow later on. Yeah, we, in terms of like the politics that should make this interesting and the sort of machinations, like, oh, interesting. It's not there. They don't touch on it. And then it's like, why are you doing this? And we'll come back to this later with an insert reason here. Like, that's the dumbest thing you're saying. <laughs> I was yep. like saying, why are you doing this? Because I'll get superpowers. Yeah. Fucking what? Yeah. After a brief struggle, fucking Charlie shows up. He's stolen the seal. Turns out, little pickpockety bastard. Uh, Lin fights Rathbone, and the bad guys escape by setting the barn on fire. This exchange was happening in a barn a, for some reason. A barn, as yeah. as my housemate uh, noted while I was watching this, a barn with no horses. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but a car. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. The barn with no horses, but a car. Yeah. And then so a needle. It's, but so still... it's a it's a garage full of straw, is what it's, you're saying. Yes, it's a garage full of hay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then a weird needle drop moment that I can't remember the song, but it's the moment where I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up now. I had this in my notes. The fucking like so Shanghai Noon has some anachronistic soundtrack choices. It, does, yeah. it has some like modern day, like country cowboy themed yeah. music in For it. For comedy purposes, yeah. For comedy it's, purposes, yeah. works There's, perfectly um, fine. Is it is it Kid Rock? I think it's Kid Rock. Cowboy yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah, exactly. Because they've transplanted it to London. There we go. You get just the weirdest fucking assemblage of mu- music yep. in this one. Yeah. And it also the score is so bad. The first fight scene that kicks off when they when it's Roy and and uh, Wang mm. at the hotel. 
the soundtrack comes in and it's this fucking it might as well be circus music because <laughs> it's like oh he's doing a fight scene yeah, and they're in the revolving like door yeah and it's yeah the music in this film is so bad it yeah constantly every time it would like the, the soundtrack would kind of be turned up and wasn't just in very background, incidental yeah. background mm. music it was just like what the fuck is going on here yeah well, when they first walk the streets of london there's like a sort of country and western down 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 go and see big band it's like you have a song <laughs> about london <laughs> and it's shit and yeah. that's like you, like you know it's like they have a well i've got a record collection of old country and western songs yeah. that one references england sling it in it's like, this do. is fucking ridiculous yeah so because they're in england of course we get Magic Bus by The Who. Oh, yeah. Which yeah, plays, when, we they're, do. plays when they're driving the car, yes. which is not a bus. For fuck's sake. Yeah. Um, yeah, we get. Um, we also get My Generation by The Who. The Who, yeah. We get All Day and All of the Night by Ray Davis of yeah. The Kinks. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just. It's so. English music. English music. It's like. Yeah. What the oh, fuck? we talked about the the London calling thing, where it's like, mm. it, yeah, I'm opening su- shots of the dun 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 dun. I'm dun, so dun. surprised they don't do. Me that. too. Yeah, with the drum. Da, 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 da. I mean, that's, that's cut, 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 cut. one saving grace. That's that's something yes. I will. But yeah. that's only because they were making so many other atrocities. They just didn't even realize they could do that. Yeah, I forgot the Clash also existed. Yeah. Like, Fucking yeah. idiots. Too busy hanging out with the Who and to worry about the Clash. <laughs> um. As I said, Lynn fights Rathbone, they escape, blah, 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 sets the barn on fire. Lynn manages to escape by climbing through the roof hole thing. Mm-hmm. And John is like, Roy, you go up there. Does it look like I can do that? And then they find a car for some reason, because of course they yeah. do. Turns out to be Rathbone's car, again, for some reason. Yep. Um, And somehow, we referenced it earlier, oh, fuck's drive sake. 88 miles basically due west of London and hit Stonehenge somehow? <laughs> In the days of a petroleum engine. In a late 19th yeah. century motor vehicle. Yeah. Fucking hell. I know my American geography and the American geography of the British people is probably not great sure, sure. in general. But I'm aware of how fucking big America is. So mm. they think Britain is very small. And comparatively, it is, it is very mm. small. Mm. Anyone who is anyone, I say, oh, I'm from Norwich. How far from London is that? Because they've all fucking heard of London. Sure. Like, I'm two hours by train. It's like 100 miles east mm. of London, basically. Give or take. Stonehenge is not next to London. No. Especially not in 1887, <laughs> when the cars drive at six miles an hour. You could run have, faster. Yeah. And have a fucking engine that will probably take you like 30 miles and then you're done. The car is also technically kind of on fire. Yes, yes and, but then it just goes out arbitrarily. Yes. It's breaking down and exploding and stuff and we then sh- drives them all the way to Stonehenge. We should also point out, in, in the interest of fairness, that American films are fucking stupid with their own country. Where it's like, I've been driving out of New York for a few minutes, I'm now in... You know, uh, Nevada. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. anywhere. It's like when we're, we're now in like Upper State New York. You're like, mm. no, no, you're not. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's just so egregious when you see something yeah. like that, and yeah. you know that there's basically a hundred miles between the two places you're meant to be. Yeah, yeah. it's when I'm sure people who live in New York get annoyed. In like, I know that the um, John Wick two. Oh the, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The, like the bit where he's being, where it's him and Common having the kind of the the chase slash gunfight they basically like teleport 
across New York at certain points. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you're a New Yorker and you watch that, it's incredibly frustrating. It's basically one of those. This is how we feel yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, hey, ready for somebody to just show up and save him again? Because in a cart. Lynn has a horse-drawn carriage for some reason. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And it's just like, yeah, I've got my cart, got my horses. Hey, guys, I saw you bumped into Stonehenge. How the fuck did you find them? <laughs> Ignoring I mean, the fact that it's in this universe, it's not 80 yeah. miles away. I was did saying, you just follow them and well, steal well, someone's yeah, the horse? Cart, like, horse and cart probably goes faster. Oh, well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And would last longer. Yeah. Um, she arrives and saves them. And some of the most uncomfortable flirting oh, I think I've ever witnessed hell. on camera. Owen Wilson feels like a 60-year-old man in this scene. He's just being an absolute sleazebag. And she's like, yeah, cool. I'm digging this. And thank God, Wang is just like, no, I'm not having yeah, this. I'm I just disapprove. Like, Gets to the middle is like, no, thank you very much. I, uh, oh, yeah, I'm just going to, uh, uh, too much, not enough space in the back there. I'm just going to come and sit between you two. And, yeah, you know. it's all very painful. I mean, to be fair, if you knew Owen Wilson's character in real life and he met your sister, whether you liked your sister or had any, like, you know, keep she's a, her the fuck away. Yeah, respect her independence, autonomy, and like, well, you know, she's a fucking mm. adult. She's not herself out. But it's was like, no, you don't understand. And I'm not saying that because of the woman. And he has this conversation with her in a minute yeah. as well. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been living in America. Yeah. At the Puss in Boots brothel, because they named that brothel for some reason. Because of vagina. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. You're welcome. I've just realized that this film doesn't have any jokes about. Sorry, we'll stop. Stop. Yeah, <laughs> we'll stop. This film doesn't have any jokes. Uh, no, it doesn't have any jokes about how "fanny" means different things in America, oh, and, that's and, and, at which you would have. They I don't could, have a bum vagina confusion. If, they if, it yeah, were. if you'd have, if I'd have got halfway through this movie and you'd have like said, "What money do you want to put on that?" I'd be like, "Here's a hundred quid." Yeah, I'm yeah. certain it's yeah. going to happen. They're at the Puss in Boots brothel. Roy overhears as a reflection of the one from the first one. Oh my god. He hears Wang trying to convince Lin that Roy is a bad guy and an unsuitable husband. He is. Because he is. He's a dirtbag piece of shit. Yeah. And even tells her, like, he was a gigolo and he's been <laughs> firing blanks and his salmon can't swim upstream. All the, uh, yeah. all the infertility jokes that we can muster. Yeah. Yes, there. which Roy has told him earlier in the film. Yes. Yeah. 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 That he's worried he's. he's My salmon uh, can't swim upstream. He's like, what? Like, I'm shooting blanks. Oh, oh, oh. Uh. Great face <laughs> acting from Jackie Chan there. Yeah. Um, they are discovered by Rathbone because this film just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> he just walks nope. in and finds them um, and reveals the whole plan in exchange for the seal. Here we go for the plan, ladies and gentlemen. Be ready for this to make no fucking sense. Wu Chow, Donnie Yen's character, will kill the British royal family with a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> One of those old-timey Gatling gun things bang, bang, that bang, bang, fires bang, bang. 200 bullets a minute or something. They give those specs for some reason. Well, so machine guns have already existed at this point, like a Gatling gun, but it's not until World War One you can get 200 bullets a minute. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like Wild Wild West. Yes. It, it turns into Wild Wild West. Yes. Yeah. It unleashes the giant mechanical spider <laughs> and it all goes to shit. I might have appreciated that at this point. Tim, giant mechanical spider in your bitch? Fuck. Okay, I've got to make some revisions, guys. You need to add Will Smith and then, oh god, we're turning it into <laughs> Wild Wild West. <laughs> it's Wild Wild West, but with Jackie Chan. I mean, instead you'd be of better Ke- than Kevin Klein. Instead of. Yeah. Yeah. 
and Good Owen point. Wilson instead of Salma Hayek. I mean, don't keep Salma Hayek, she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and they plan to frame Lynn for it. Why this matters? Because Rathbone is 10th in line, not 20th. No. 10th in line, as he corrects them multiple tenth. times. 10th. Tenth. 10th in line to the throne of England, despite being Irish. Uh, hey. <laughs> You're more English than Aidan Gillen is, than he's That's less. True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because Victoria famously had very few children. Yes. And so it would be very easy to climb up the line there, of succession. There was, there was a shorter line of succession there, I guess. Mm. Um, he wants to become king of England, basically. And Wu Chow, I guess, gets the seal eventually and does something with it that's never really explained. Yeah, I suppose it makes him more legitimate to as be the, emperor, yeah. I guess. Being, if I was being generous, I'd say it was... Legitimate. Because he's, he's older than the actual emperor, but he's the brother. But we're spending more time explaining like, it now than the yes, film ever does. Yeah. They get trapped in a weird, like, James Bond slash Austin Powers trap where they're dangling yeah. upside down above a pool of water for some reason. <laughs> and uh, Roy starts confessing, like, oh, I've been a terrible person, and blah, blah, blah. Turns out he is the author of the Roy O'Bannon pulp novels, and it zooms in on the author cover. And it's him in a terrible moustache. Like shit Mark Twain. Yeah, looking like Mark Twain, basically. Um, and blew all of his fortune publishing one million copies. I don't even know if that was possible in that era. Probably yeah. not. Um, of the Roy Bannon novels. But people is... are buying them. Yeah. yeah. So... They seem incredibly popular, so he should be making loads of money. I get he's it? put the money into having them published, but people are buying them. Yeah. Where's that? <laughs> people oh. keep referring to him throughout the movie. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Even in England, like, oh, yeah. Artie's like, oh, Roy O'Bannon. Roy O'Bannon? From the bloody novels, oh my God. What, the big, big cowboy? Yeah. I'm, I'm good cowboy having adventure. Yes. And that makes sure that his I, trusted I, sidekick, the Shanghai kid, or blip, blip, blip. I thoroughly enjoyed Roy O'Bannon and the zombie, a reference that won't be popular until 1930. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, they, they basically make up, and Wang basically gives his blessing to... Shaggy's sister, which is a bit weird. Uh, Jackie Chan is very accommodating in all these films. Yeah. Uh, he frees himself like he could have done the whole time, apparently, like he did with the hanging thing. He does the like crunch up and tuck his legs through the thing and mm. unhook himself. Mm. Um, and then repeatedly dunk, dunks Roy in the tank while fighting off dudes around the wheel that lowers them into the tank. And Owen Wilson just gives up <laughs> on life. Yeah. Bit... Just, just let me die at this point. I don't no. want to do it anymore. It's, 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 good. it's, it's classic. Jackie Chan comedy fight business. It's juggling plates in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, but also plates, and also it. trying to kill Owen Wilson. Yes, right. but also quite poorly directed by this point. Like mm -hmm. certain fight scenes are well done, others are It's almost gets worse as it goes on. Yeah. Like the, we said the opening yeah. fight yeah. and stuff is pretty good. The the barroom stuff is good and the, the market fight is mm. good. Well the deep you get into the two thousands, like, you get things like the medallion, the tuxedo, mm. other bits and pieces, and suddenly God, the it becomes, tuxedo, Jesus you know, Christ. And, and, and around the world in 80 days, you get the Jackie Chan stuff, but the people behind the camera are like, oh, I don't really know what that is, I'll just film mm. it, how I'm going to film it. It's like, he seems and, to have less control or care, I don't know what it is. Yeah, but interestingly, something. like, both of the directors, both Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights, they're basically novices. Mm, like, yeah. the, I can't remember the name of the, who One does, got lucky. Uh, Noon, but it's, it, I think that was his, first or second film interesting and david 
Dobkin, I believe, is the director David of Dobkin Night, is the one of Night, who yeah. was like handpicked by Jackie Chan, and he's had a weird ass career, if memory huh. serves, because he's basically done shitty comedies ever since then. Except occasionally he he directed an episode of Iron Fist and like three episodes of Into the Badlands, which is like another mm. martial arts action TV show. The director of Shanghai Noon is Tom Day, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Who, uh, as you correctly pointed out, this is the first film as his directorial mm. debut. He then goes on to do Showtime, Failure to Launch, and unsurprisingly with Owen Wilson, Fucking Marmaduke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, back to, back to our lovely synopsis. We're wrapping up now, folks. Don't worry. They go and consult Artie, who has been fired by Rathbone for his incompetence, so is no longer an uh, inspector at Scotland Yard. But he does have incredible deduction skills oh, for some reason. Christ. I can't imagine why. And works out that the very specific wax on Charlie's hat that he left behind is from Madame Two Swords, of all things. Because of course it is. We're in fucking London. They go and find Charlie. They save him from the boxes and lose the seal again. Fucking hell. After the three of them are forced to hand it over in exchange. For Charlie's life. Because, oh, they love the little scamp after all, don't they? And, yeah, they're the good guys, I guess. I mean, he's, he's a homeless orphan child. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah he's like, oh, in in he's the 19th a... century. He'll be dead in two weeks. Mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll be in the workhouse or yeah, dead in Yeah, that kid's going to be stuffed up a fucking chimney. Yeah. It's, it's London in the 1880s. Throw a rock and you will hit several orphan children. <laughs> Literally. That's what the rich used to do. Yeah. yeah. But we did for fun back in those days. <laughs> yeah. I used to beg to be it's hit by a rock. how we came up with the idea for golf. <laughs> exactly. I have every Scottish person now listening to this and thinking, you fucking want me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you say it's a bit of London. Yeah. It's go- <laughs> yeah. They're, they're turned over to the police because of course they are. But Charlie rescues them because he's a little scamp. And he what says, he say? My name's Charlie Chaplin is what he says. <laughs> oh, fuck. That's, this is when he that reveals what, yeah. his name. No, so it's like, you you fellas got turn around. You be, you need a guide. It's like kind of like some you know mm, quirky yeah. bullshit. Isn't it? And then as you say, Owen Wilson says, "Hey, we never cracked your name," as if we needed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, what's your name, little orphan boy? My name is Indian wife. <laughs> <laughs> Falling leaves, governor. <laughs> that means October in the Sioux language. <laughs> I've been there myself. Uh, yeah, turns out Aaron Johnson is playing fucking Charlie Chaplin. I don't. <laughs> this isn't the worst one. It might be the worst one. Pretty fucking. It's bad. pretty fucking bad. And there's another yeah. one coming up as well. Because uh, actually, I think we've missed one of the worst ones. Have we? I think so. We'll come back to it later. Okay. Okay. We might have done. Um, I'm building it's up inconsequential. So don't worry. Um, okay. I'm, I'm building up to another big one as well. Oh yeah. Um, I figured, I figured. Of course, he is Charlie Chaplin, so he's a hero now. Uh, they saved the royal family from being assassinated by Wu Chow and Lin. Blows him up with a firework rocket launcher thing. Mm. In a real, like, should be real gruesome. And like a yeah. shower of blood and gore and stuff. And you kind of assume that like, he's the main Wee. bad guy, but he's not. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, wait. I thought you were like the, you know. Yeah, you're Donny fucking Yen. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> thought you were out. the villain behind the sort of henchman that is Aiden Gillen. Oh, you're not. And this, oh, okay. this plan, by the way, is the aforementioned Gatling gun on a boat on the Thames for yeah. Victoria's Jubilee. So he's just going to go and just mow down the entire royal family. He misses a lot of them. Yeah, he does. He misses all of them. All of them. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And you have that awkward scene where Rathbone's trying to escape. He's like, no, 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 Lord Rathbone. 
come and sit next to me. And it's like, okay, great. I've got to get away, my queen. Yeah. Ugh. Khaleesi. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong guy. Um, Sansa. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, that was so creepy. I forgot how creepy <laughs> he is. Um, they save the royal family, like I said, from being assassinated. And Lynn kills him with a giant firework because he's not the main bad guy. Sure. The three of them pursue Ralphbone up a clock tower. Oh, God. Like the first one, right, guys? But it's Big Ben this time, isn't it? Fuck. Yeah, because we're in fucking London. <laughs> Drink every time I say we're in fucking London. Fucking You'll London. be dead by now. Uh, wow. Roy is thrown off through the clock face and hanging on to the, ha- the hands of the giant clock, because of course he is. Yeah. Because Back to the Future happened. Lightning fast reactions from that yeah. guy. Um, And while Wang is hopelessly outmatched by quote-unquote Britain's greatest swordsman, <laughs> and... I actually do quite like this because they hype him up quite a lot as like mm. this immaculate swordsman. Yes. I was a bit worried that Wang was just going to like duck, dodge and beat mm. the shit out of him and then be like, yeah, he lets him live like multiple times in the spot because he's basically like dueling him with a rapier and stuff. He's showing yeah. off. And yeah. he's showing a- off a- like Aiden, one more. Aiden Gillen's stunt double is actually quite good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, he keeps, he keeps like giving him back a sword. It's yeah. like, why... Yeah. He's talking with him. And fights him with two swords yeah. and there's like one more and there's, then throws it back at him. Like there's nothing about your conduct so far that would suggest you're like, ah, but honour is very important to you. You're literally killing your way up to be king of England. Because that's how he's introduced at the gala. He's like, ah, oh, yes, Lord Rathbone, the Britain's greatest swordsman. You're like, right. Are we going to touch on that for the next Aaron, well, like, 20 minutes. I get that he's a good like... swordsman, but like, why would he keep giving Jackie Chan chances to like fight back? I, I would say the only thing I can assume is arrogance. Yeah, that, I mean, that's yeah. what they're playing on. I haven't on killed a man in a little while. I want to really enjoy this. Come on, have another one. Have two swords. And that, that's a classic sort of like yeah. villain trope. The problem is it's stupid. And yes. sometimes you can sell that quite well. Uh, if it's say, say it's Timothy Dalton in the fucking rocketeer you're like yeah that'd be cool yeah. and then he's but, but then you have to still do the thing where he feels it's going wrong and he goes actually i've got a gun it's yes. like oh you piece yeah, of yeah. shit what about all that honor well uh, while i was winning was most important but that doesn't happen here he's just like oh he's an idiot he's just beaten yeah. wang a bunch of times basically yeah could have murdered him like six different times uh, wang gives up trying to outfight him does do the whole like one more thing chops some ropes just like the first one <laughs> And the platform wobbles and throws them both out through the clock face. And, of course, because Roy is already out there, he catches Wang at the last second, but in some of the worst falling CGI <laughs> green screen thing I've seen in a while. Yeah. Considering we covered stuff like Time Cop recently, that's saying something. What was the one where someone fell down an elevator shaft? Did this about the JPEG? Um, yeah. We literally just talked about it. It was... What has gone up today at time of recording? It's not X Files. No. X Files. It's X Files. It is. It's yes, X Files. It was. Yeah. It, was uh, yeah. it was Amanda Peake getting yes. uh, yeah. shoved down the elevator shaft. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's close to that. It's pretty close to that. You just see the JPEG of Aiden Gilling getting smaller and smaller. Only five smaller. years apart. Those fucking. Things. And then sp- hmm. and then splats, I guess, at the bottom of yeah. Big Ben. Um, yeah. And yeah, they managed to climb back up. Our heroes managed to clamber back up the the hands, and save the day i was gonna make a joke about like knowing this film he like lands on a sausage roll or something but then i just fucking remember they make a fucking haggis joke and a spotted Spotted dick dick joke joke. spotted spotted dick yeah and the haggis thing uh roy wang and Artie, i guess for some reason 
are knighted, even though one of them's American, one of them's Chinese, and one of them didn't really do much. Um, <laughs> so none of them should be one knighted. One of them's a disgraced policeman. One of them's a disgraced yeah. policeman, yeah. Um, and Artie's like, I don't want to be a policeman anymore. Anyway, I'm going to go off and write some stories. Oh, I'm going to, I like, you know, I'll write stories about, I mean, you used a cool name before, like Sherlock Holmes, something like that. And I was like, God's oh, sake. Artie. Oh, no. And that it clicked at that point. I was like, fuck right off. Because Artie is, of course, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, writer of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. He was obviously. absolutely a detective. And not a surgeon. Yeah. I looked that up. I was like, did Arthur Co- was he? No, he was a doctor. Was he? Oh my God, was he an inspector yeah. in the Scotland? I don't remember that. I've read pretty much all the Sherlock stories. I was a big, I got really into Sherlock when I was a kid. Sure, sure. Um, I, like, I really don't remember him being an inspector in Scotland Yard. What a weird, I'll, I'll look, I'll just double check. Like, he fucking wasn't. No. And... I mean, why uh, was not anyway like, this Royal Band and shit? Didn't Charlie go to, Chaplin doesn't line up with this fucking no, timeline either. It's Charlie just Chaplin a... would have been born like two years later. <sighs> yeah. The other oh. thing in there, by the way, is Jack the Ripper. Oh yes, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, I forget. Yeah. In 1887. Yeah. A year before Jack the Ripper is even doing anything. Yeah. 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 Good old. It's like all oh, the Jack the Ripper cases. Because like, they're in the London. And they literally did london 19th century famous people like arthur yep. conan doyle charlie chaplin yeah yep. yeah yeah does it matter when they're born jack the ripper tries to in theory attack uh lynn at one point yeah, yeah and she just kicks him off a bridge yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's such a throwaway gag that like it's it's baffling yeah. it's like wait like, no was, was this a subplot that got cut out in which case why didn't you cut out this little bit as well yeah so weird. god weird um so yeah He's Arthur Conan Doyle. Surprise, surprise. What a yeah, fucking terrible. shitty reveal. Um, Wang opens the box his father sent to him to find a message reminding him of the importance of family. And Owen, Which, Owen Wilson, yeah, guys, oh. obviously Roy, says, oh, it's just a bunch of gibberish. He's like, it's from his dad in China, you fucking moron. Yeah. Like, what did you... He's not going to write in English on a fucking stone. Yeah. Because... It, that makes no sense. It is absolute ass. Really weird because it's, unless I'm misremembering, his dad at the start of the film is like, "Yeah, he's dead to me. He's an asshole." Yeah. And then they was like, "I respect you going off on your own." It's like, no, he loved him all along. After I don't all. think that because it's it's not that he's putting on a brave face. I'm being difficult, cranky. He's like, no, I don't. This doesn't feel earned. This feels like we sort of wouldn't resolve and it, something. And it's not like. His father was like dying and had prepared this in advance. He just no. he got stabbed and then like handed it to his daughter. Yeah. Like, oh, oh but, I've, I've been carrying this around. Here's my I will, was, by the way. Just I, I was planning on forgiving my son, but yeah. only at the moment of my death. But yeah. I have this inscribed ahead of time, knowing that I would forgive him at the moment of my death. So stupid. And we wrap up with Roy proposing that he and Wang go join Hollywood and start some of these. Things called the moving pictures and stuff. Let's go make some big movies. Hollywood, which thing. yeah, films ha- existed at that point. Yep. St- the film industry had started. Hollywood did not yeah. exist. The not film until industry, like the twenties or thirties. The film industry is 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 a fucking um, sideshow act in a tent at yeah. this point. It's not very much. And it, if you were, if he was genuinely going somewhere, they go to France. Uh, but don't worry, because you know Charlie Chaplin's in the back of the caboose of the car going yeah. and, and doesn't he like rub some dirt on his face and puts a little fucking he puts a little moustache on, yeah. on his yeah. fuck yeah. my as fucking he, as he's in the back of the carriage like he's yeah. a fucking... gives a little wink to the camera and a little I hate this movie so it's much it's so bad 
And that is Shanghai Nights, ladies and gentlemen. But at least they get knighted at the end. <sighs> and I like in the first one, they say, it's like, uh, oh, wow, Royal Ben, $500. That's great. I'm one poster. And he goes, oh, look, there's one for me too. And he's like, what? $1,000? God, that's not right. And he's more pissed off about the, you know, uh, mm. the, uh, John Wang's got the, the higher bounty. He's, yeah, I'm not from Shanghai. They're getting it wrong. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, no, that's, that's just classic racism. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. Um, so the fact they get knighted, I'm like, oh, they're actually knights. That, that works. Except that's the only thing that works. It feels so much like they, because the, the, the whole choice to send them to England is so out of nowhere. Yeah. And it feels like they were like, okay, well, the first one was called Shanghai Noon. We want to make a sequel. What are we going to call it? How about Shanghai Nights? Well, are they going to Shanghai at night time? No, that doesn't really... That'd be cool visual. Well, what if we make it Nights nights with a K? K on it. Well, but they're not Nights. What if they went to England? Then they (gasps) could be Made Nights. And it feels like the whole film came from there. 100%. Yeah. Like from the title pun onwards, which doesn't even work as a pun anymore. Because the original was a pun on High Noon. Yes. It's Shanghai Noon. And now it's just Shanghai Nights. Yeah. Like, uh, oh my God. It's and then so allegedly Shanghai Dawn at one point, which never happened, thankfully. Yes. Got kept being. I, I Floated quite a bit, yeah. Threatened to be <laughs> made. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. These. The, 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 the first film probably hasn't. It's not. It still feels like a film from the two thousands. We you wouldn't necessarily it. say you should check it out. It's like but if you know it, you probably already you, like if it. If you happen to come across it on a streaming thing and you're thinking like, oh, I just want something simple to watch that's going to last like yeah, go for it. less than two hours, go for it. This one is Shanghai Nights is bad. If you see, if you see Shanghai Nights, run. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's not what you want to be seeing. No. Because it's interesting because it kind of works almost like a standalone because that. There's no real crossover from the first film. And it, uh, unfortunately, it feels like the transition point in Jackie Chan's like it Western does. stuff, where it's like, oh, he did Rush Hour, he did Shanghai Noon, these are pretty good. Rush Hour 2, still pretty good. Yep. This, and then it starts going downhill, and we get, like we've mentioned, the tuxedo, the medallion, yeah. around the world in 80 days. Another Rush Hour. Another Rush Hour quite a few years later. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just, I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's very frustrating because he's been going since the late '60s in in terms of appearing mm. in things, uh, really taking central focus in the '70s, mm. um, and has been a powerhouse and creating some huge and very very iconic uh, films and roles. And then in the 2000s onwards, I mean, mi- early 2000s, sure, not too bad. Mm. Mid 2000s getting questionable yeah and then there's just some sporadic moments of like oh yeah i mean oh he's, he's in kung fu panda yeah he's in his like mid 50s by this point mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. yeah so, you can you can see it as well yeah as well as, well as he's yeah, he has to slow down but yeah. he also but like we said the jackie chan stunt team like he he still has such a great grasp on like the rhythms of action yes. that like if you give him the time and money to create like what uh, he wants to create it would be good i think the problem is is that hollywood kept going like Oh, we're going to put you in this bigger and bigger film, so you have to work on our schedule. We don't work on yours, and yeah. therefore yeah. you don't have the time to make it good. Essentially, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of making things good, should we fix this terrible sequel, gentlemen? No. Okay. Perfect as it is. You leave my sweet boy alone. I'm kidding. Let's get this shit in the bin. This week we are sponsored by Stamps.com. It's getting near 
holidays sort of season as much as I dread to say that because I've not started any of my shopping. Oh, it's Christmas, Tim. We're, we're, we're in it, Tim. We're in it. We're in it. Um, so if you are running a small business or anything where you need to ship a lot of packages or maybe you just have a lot of relatives who live far away and are a listener who is in the US, you may want to look out for stamps.com. You're looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office, as we all know, it's one of the worst places on earth. Uh, dodge all of that hectic holiday shopping traffic. Save time and money by using stamps.com. Uh, stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on both UPS and USPS services all year long. Just makes more sense. You don't have to go to the post office. You can just print out your labels at home get them picked up by your local postal carrier and they will deliver them for you. If you had like a, a note you wanted to give to your son because you were dying. Yeah, a puzzle could, box with yep, a stone inside it. You could send it really fast, much easier than handing it to someone to hand deliver who is inexperienced. Or yep. t-shirts and merch for your podcast perhaps. All kinds of like things. Yeah. Yep. Get the professionals to help you out. Yeah, you can access all the post office and UPS shipping services that you need without going to the post office. And you can get discounts that you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. That is a hell of a, a saving if you're operating like a small business from your home, an Etsy store, whatever. So it's really good. Mm. Um, and uh, if you spend more than a few minutes a week dealing with postage and, and mail and shipping, stamps.com is a lifesaver. You'll save so much time and money that you'll wonder why you didn't start sooner. So sign up today and uh, go to stamps.com and use promo code POD for a special trial offer that includes four weeks trial uh, membership, free postage, and a digital scale. There's no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code P-O-D. We are also sponsored this week by Audible. Audible offers you hundreds of thousands of choices when it comes to your listening pleasure, whether that's audiobooks, podcasts, guided meditation, fitness walkthroughs. There are comedy specials, loads of exclusive content on there as well. It is a library of Alexandria for audio content, except mm. this one can't be burnt down because it's on the internet. Mm. Servers can be burnt down, Tim. It's in the cloud, Jack. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know anything clouds. about technology, but you That's can't true. burn clouds. It's true. You can burn clouds. Mr. Physics. Anyway. <laughs> Perhaps you would like to try out Audible. Perhaps you listen to sequelizers on there already. If you do, hey, Hello. go give us a rating on there. I don't know if you can do ratings or Audible, <laughs> but maybe you should do that anyway. <laughs> but if I you're thinking, you so much, yeah. if you're thinking of trying out Audible, you should use it using our special offer that we offer you. And uh, perhaps you've been inspired by Shanghai Noon. You're looking for a little more Chinese content. Uh, I can recommend uh, a novel called Iron Widow uh, by Shirang J. Zhao. I've probably butchered that name. I do apologize. It is an amazing kind of uh, science fantasy novel it's described as pacific rim meets the handmaid's tale mm. um it, matt would love it because it's full of mechs yep um and it's yeah it's this amazing story of this uh chinese female chinese kind of pilot 
in this very kind of sexist organization that only allows men to pilot these uh, chrysalises, which are these kind of shape-shifting mecha um, that, uh, to, to go battle against aliens that lurk out beyond the Great Wall. It's Mech a, Mulan. It's Mech Mulan. It's very, very cool. Um, and it's uh, narrated on Audible uh, by Rong Fu. A really good, amazing value. You get uh, over 12 hours of audio content, and you can get it nice. for free by going to audibletrial.com slash sequel, and you will get a month free on Audible and one free audiobook, which you can use to buy Iron Widow or anything else that you might interest you on Audible. Mm. As we said, the content on there is in the hundreds of thousands, a huge range of stuff that you can listen to. So go to audibletrial.com slash sequel and sign up today. So before we fix this movie, or specifically before Tim fixes this movie, it's time for some Rotten Tomatoes, and uh, let's do the usual spiel, just to get this through, just in case this is somebody's first episode. Rotten Tomatoes is a review aggregate site, and you go through and have the critical score from a handful of select critics, and you have the uh, user's score. And the score is based on anything that is above three out of five. It's basically, if it's good enough, it's it's getting a positive. Six out of ten, sixty percent is considered a positive. Exactly. Review, whatever the equivalent um, of that is in the scoring system. That's if the right thing is attributed to it. If it's linked up in the right place, it's very flawed. But it's when good for us as a talking point. Also, as a bit of a metric and a gauge of a pol- um, on pulse. It's funny, silly bollocks, and they sometimes get the wrong movie attributed to the wrong movie. <laughs> yes, they're sometimes done the wrong sequel to the wrong thing. So they're saying, like, oh, this one's bad, but actually they meant the previous one. That's happened a couple of times. Yep. And sometimes reviewers just give up with the bad movies we have to cover on this show. I wish we could. And just review something else halfway through as well. <laughs> yeah. That also happened. Go That's back true. and listen to the Exorcist episode, because yeah. that was a thing. I mean, there's, there's reviews we've read on there which literally say, I'm tired of reading, reading these damn films. It's like, <laughs> but that's not a review of this movie. No, nah, I don't care. Like, two out of five. It's like, okay. So, very flawed, but a good talking point. Nice and simple. Nice and clean. Just the entire oeuvre of Owen <laughs> Jackie Wilson. Jackie Chan's <laughs> entire filmography. No, just Shanghai Noon and Shanghai Nights. Nice so let's do this nice and rapid quickfire. Like a fucking, uh, I don't Jackie know, some Chan. sort of gun duel or, mm-hmm. a, or, or a fist fight. Mm-hmm. So I shout, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Okay, good. That's my buzzing. But you have already, so you don't, you don't need to buzz in, so you're all right. But we've got it now. We can loop it um, forever. <laughs> um, Shanghai, new Tim. 82%. Ooh, I like it. Shanghai, noon, Jack. 74, please, Matt. Shanghai, Knights, Tim. Uh, 43%. Ooh. Shanghai, Knights, Jack. 51, please, uh, Matt. Okay, there we go. Well done. Caught you off guard there. We're a little bit yeah. worried, but mm. fear your eyes. But you guys, you did good. Let's have a find out who, who mm. won things. Okay, so Shanghai Noon. Tim said 82. Jack said 74. Technically, quite close. Oh. But Tim has nailed it with uh, it's 79%. Oh. It's quite high. I mean, again, I know I like it and things like that. Yeah. In the middle, yeah. yeah. Clearly, yeah. everyone was like really I mean, vibing it, it, with it. Yeah, and it's at it, at the time when Jackie Chan was on the rise. Yes, yes, yeah, very much so. It makes sense. Harmless, fun, you know, fish out of water, 
different cultural exchange, culture shock stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Makes sense. Okay, good, good, good. A couple of years later, let's see who I got for the uh, sequel. Uh, Jack said 51, Tim said 43. Tie, boys. Oh, oh Jack is closer. Because somehow... Oh, no. It's 66%. Higher than no. Blade 2! <laughs> I, I know I bring this up every time, but when we talked about Blade Trinity way back in the day, Blade 2, a film I really, really enjoy. By Guillermo del Toro, By a fucking Guillermo master of cinema. fucking del Toro, who we've done an entire live stream about. Yep. Our Halloween special. 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. Shocking. A film I actively enjoy and endorse to other people. It's 57%. 66 is way 66 too high. is... Shocking. Two-thirds of the reviewers thought, ah, 6 out of 10. Fuck right off. Yeah. I have the audience scores, or the, 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 the reviewers, the user reviews. Yeah. yeah. They're fucking weird. Oh, here we go. Um, better not be higher. Nights better not be higher than noon. Mm. Oh no! I will burn oh, this no. motherfucker to the ground, <laughs> and we're in your <laughs> house, Matt. So think about what you're about to I have say. A, I have, I don't a, know in this I have house. a reaction prepared, but carry Brent on. Brent in it. So I will say this is a key point here. Both of the uh, audience score, user rating, whatever you want to call it, has two hundred and fifty thousand plus yeah. reviews on each yeah. one. So this is a huge, huge number of people. Um, yeah. that's, not the, that's not the highest of those brackets, but it's getting pretty it's close. Pretty big. There's a one million plus, I think it's the highest Yeah, one. yeah. Shanghai Nights, no. Shanghai Noon, 65. Wow, that's low. Shanghai Nights, 54. Uh, so here's the thing. I think mm. that's because the people reviewing it are martial arts fans who are really <laughs> thinking about the classic 90s, 80s sort of stuff they've seen. Like, this hasn't got enough stuff in it. Owen Wilson's taking up too much screen time. It's not this, it's not that. Well, that's how I feel about I it would, sometimes. Yeah, I would guess that's where that's coming from. And the sequel, I would expect to be much, much, much lower. But they're not from England, so they're not as bugged by Stonehenge as we are. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So I don't know. I, f I find those figures quite shockingly shit, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Shanghai Noon... A lot of the first half of it is basically just hanging out with Owen Wilson and Jackie Chan. Yeah. And it's them developing their chemistry. Sure. Um, which I don't mind because I think they have good chemistry and I think you get fun scenes. You get the fun scene of like Owen Wilson trying to teach him how to shoot and he's just not it's very terrible good at it. it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, there's and who comes in, by the way, ex machina and saves the day? The it, fucking wife. Yeah. Um, so uh, I can understand if people are going to it for pure martial arts action why they would be disappointed but also who like mm. it's a jackie chan film you go to it for comedy as well as for action like i guess it's also whole thing yeah i guess there's also the possibility that it's mildly irking the martial arts fans and mildly irking the western fans and therefore we end up with this sort of <laughs> like mm, yeah it's okay but not good enough yeah yeah uh, so, how are you going to improve? Slightly this? disappointing numbers. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm, a I'm glad. Though. I'm glad Shanghai Noon does as well as it does on the critics' score. I agree. But, I agree. I think that's yeah. a, it's like a oh good. I, I was expecting around the 60s, so I'm quite pleased to see it's it's a it's a higher place basically. Um, so yeah, Tim, um, I'm very very curious because, um, I can only think of two or three things I would do with this movie. So I don't know how how easy it's been for you to interesting to to juggle this one. Well. When I was when I was trying to write this pitch, 
I so far my pitches this season have been quite radical departures from the original sequel. Yeah. And I I won't spoil what my final pitch of the season is, but that one has to be a radical departure. <laughs> yeah, cuz it's shit. Yeah. Um the, the the famous most anticipated terrible sequel Tim. Exactly. Yes, it needs to be a fucking departure. So I was I started off I was like I'm going to try and salvage this one. I'm going to try and make the minimal changes I think to try and make this work as a film. And I went through and I got rid of certain things like get rid of fucking Charlie Chaplin. A get rid of him being Charlie Chaplin. B we do not need a young pickpocket character in this thing. No. Get rid the of some star of the show, a young Aaron Johnson. Yeah, get rid of some of the egregious British shit. Um, that's the whole film you've got I mean later. yeah <laughs> but the, the, and basically I got to I, I had a pitch and I read through it and I was like this is bad it's still bad the whole just the whole concept for this film is bad yeah so I was like I, I've got to scrap it I've got to start again and I've got to I've got to do a, a significant shift see this is the thing because I don't think we we do talk about this or allude to it in previous episodes and various bits and pieces when it comes up but Sometimes you're like, no, I want to try and do something here. I think I might be able to make this work in some mm. way. And as you say, there are multiple drafts. Sometimes you go, mm. I can't, I, I fucking can't do this. This is, it, as you say, it's going to end up crap. Mm. I have to do something dramatically different. Yeah. So, I've, yeah, I've made, I've, it does not resemble Shanghai Nights in pretty much any way. There's a few bits that carry over, mm. but yeah. Win. Moving on. See you next week, everybody. Yeah. To start with, it's not called Shanghai Nights. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because as I've discussed, it feels like the entire second film is kind of born out of that pun and it would not make sense for this one. Mm. So my film, which comes out in 2004, a year later than okay. Shanghai okay. Nights did, is called Shanghai Noon for a few one more. Mm. Which is, the, it's not what the Chinese currency would have been at the time. <laughs> But also, someone wouldn't have cared that but, much. But the, yes, yeah. and also, I wanted it to at least be sort of recognisable as doing a pun it, on for a few dollars more. Exactly, would chime with the audience that we go, "Oh, I get it." Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Whereas but, if I if I mention a currency that hasn't been used since 1911, yes, that's going to go completely over people's heads. Yeah, it's it's the classic. Um, I mean, we think about currencies now, especially across Europe, with the euro being everywhere. Mm. It's like, do we try and reference the old lira slash francs or Deutschmarks or pont? You mm. know, what, what the fuck are we going to use here? It's like, nah, yeah. just say euros, I'll get it. Yeah. That kind of thing. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like if I called it for a few florins more. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Groats. Yes. It's uh, full of francs. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like sausages. It don't. And now hunger. Angus. Mm. Director. Jackie Chan. Ah, oh. oh, I see what you're doing there, Tim. Who you was... don't want to bring back incredibly inexperienced and pointless directors? No. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, um, obviously Jackie Chan has done directing before. He's done Police Story 1 and 2, Armor of God 1 and 2, Drunken Master 2, which we've referenced. Um, I like both the Police Stories. Yep. Drunken Master 2 is great. With that, if he's directing, I assume that means he's going to have to have a strong sense of an Asian crew. Because obviously one of the reasons he doesn't direct the Western stuff mm. It's because, you know, he's an actor, he's a the name. Yeah. Yeah. But it's communicating fast, efficiently, quickly what he wants. Yeah. So, yeah, behind the scenes, I imagine it's going to be, yeah, yeah his, um, his familiar group, basically. Exactly, yeah. I, I mean, he did Who Am I, which is sort of a Western yeah, production. Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. He directed that as well. 
Um, I think it's mostly that in uh, in Holland or something. Mm, I think yeah. it's been a while since I've seen that. Anyway, um, but yes, I'm having him as a director yeah, because he's who am I was filmed in Rotterdam. So yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's a very good. He obviously is a very good actor. He director. knows what he's doing. He yeah. knows what he's doing. He knows how to get the best out of himself. We'll give him, you know, a second AD or or a yeah, an AD who's perhaps, you know, more of a comedy person for the American mm, sensibility, balance it out, but then also yeah, use a lot of his crew, yeah, bring over yeah. his Hong Kong crew. The main reason that I've delayed it a year is basically I'm like, we're giving Jackie Chan the time that he needs to get to everything get right. Yeah, so good we're not show, good we're show. not rushing it. Um returning cast. As Chon Wang, Jackie Chan. Oh, thank God for that. Cool, cool. He's as only w- directing. He's yeah. not in the movie. <laughs> uh, as Roy O'Bannon, Owen Wilson. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Wallace. Ah! Walton Goggins. I, I love me some Goggins, man. Wallace is great in the first one. Uh, as the Sioux Chief, who I've named Chief White Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Badger. Does he have a canon name? I seem to remember. He does not that. have a canon name. Fair enough, fair enough. Just falling the, leaves. The young... Uh, Native American boy who uh, is rescued by Chong Wang does that's, have a name. That's he's what called, I'm thinking of. He's called Little Feather. Yes, okay. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. As Little Feather, hey. Simon Baker, also coming back. Nice, nice. New cast. Falling Leaves. I am replacing. Oh. Interesting. Well, she doesn't Ma- say anything. Uh, she, she, doesn't, she basically <laughs> doesn't say anything. She has like one line at yeah. the end. Yeah. Also, that actress, the only thing she's ever done is Shanghai Noon. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's basically like... Is it like a model situation? Where it's like, she she's was, really... she was a model. I, I forget. She's gone on to become like a... I think she's like a painter or something. Oh, wow. Um, uh, but yeah, she basically never does anything else today again. Uh, so I am bringing in Julia Jones. Oh, nice. Who is another native actress. She's done the look at this point. She goes on to be in the Twilight Saga, uh, Wind River, which we've talked about uh, during the season episodes. She's in the Westworld TV series. uh, And quite recently, she was in a few episodes of The Mandalorian as well. Yeah, she's solid. Yeah. As Marshall Tucker, Stephen Tobolowski. Yeah. From Groundhog Day. Fucking, he's in everything. He's amazing. Yeah. So Groundhog Day, Memento. He's just been in Freaky Friday at this point. Goes on to be in Deadwood. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, uh, of course. Him in the bath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Californication, Silicon Valley. Does a lot of TV. Um, Marshall Tucker is also a reference. Uh, The Marshall Tucker Band are like a southern rock band in the States. Uh, Hold on, Tim. I expect many references. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever would have thought to cast Ned Ryerson. (laughs) Toblowski's great. He is great, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's one of those individuals who peers in so much stuff and he's always reliably decent. Yeah. There's yeah, a he's documentary one of those character actor guys, called he? Steve Tabarski's Birthday Party, I think it is. Oh, so. really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. And it's just him trying to say, like, he's in everything and trying yeah. to get <laughs> Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Does some voice acting as well, I think. He does. I can't he, he does. Tons of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as Senator Morrison, Rip Torn. Oh, uh, nice. Um, so obviously, he's had a long and storied career. Um, has just done Wonder Boys, which I like, and Men in Black Two, which, which I you dislike. Do not like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's obviously he's in the 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 kind of uh, the public mind, uh, thanks to the Men in Black films. That was kind of 
not a big break because he's been working for fucking ages. But, but like, I th- yeah, I think it, that's it, a... it's put him in the mind of like I can do these big popular. Yeah, it's not necessarily a career things. revival, but like, mm. oh, he's doing comedy stuff and like, yeah, yeah. he's yeah, yeah, that makes. Sense. Uh, goes on to be in Dodgeball, um, yeah. Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette, mm-hmm. um, and in the uh, Thirty Rock on TV. Sadly, passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. As Marion Morrison, Jane Fonda. Mm. Oh, okay. Jane Fonda has technically been on sort of career hiatus at this point. Yeah. Obviously, she's done stuff like Barbarella and On Golden Pond and Cat Baloo and earlier in her career. Yeah, she's a fucking Fonda. Yeah. Goes away. She's a Fonda. She goes away for a long while. Mm. She comes back with fucking Monster in Law with J Lo in 2005. So I'm basically bringing her back a little bit early. I think that's stretchable entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, goes on to be in The Butler, Grace and Frankie on Netflix, which yeah, is very good. Yeah, there's a lot of TV stuff, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was in Newsroom as She well. was in Newsroom. She was pretty good in that. Yeah. Even though it's bad. It's meh, yeah. As uh, Zhao Feng, Donnie Yen. Yay! Mm. Now, Tim, mm-hmm. do my boy Donnie right. That's all I'm asking. Put a firework up him. Yeah. <laughs> Stick uh, him on a firework rocket. Welcome to Jackass. Do, 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 do. At this point, he's really taking off in Hollywood. Uh, he would have just done Blade 2 and Hero in the same year. Yeah. Already been in Highlander Endgame. Banger. Fuck's sake. Uh, goes better, on better than Highlander 2. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you're not wrong. We talked about this on a previous yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. We've covered Blade 2. We've covered Men in Black 2 that you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. We've covered Highlander. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't done. We, 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 he's also in the remake of. Uh, Mulan as well, hasn't he? At one point, he's so. in. He's oh, in the remake yeah. of Mulan. He's yeah. in yeah. Rogue One. Kind of cover that too. In a way. Jack's favorite Rogue One. Yeah, uh, yes. he's in the Ip Man series. We should he's... talk about Donnie at some point. Cool. Yeah, he's fucking great. Uh, and finally, uh, as Charlene, Christine Taylor. Christine Taylor. Which Christine Taylor? Uh, oh, oh. Her name doesn't ring a bell. Ben Stiller's wife, Christine ben Taylor. Ben Stiller's wife, Christine oh, Taylor. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, yes. uh, has been in Zoolander. She showed up in the very Brady sequel yeah. quite, uh, when she was quite young. She was uh, did some episodes of Friends. Goes on to be in Dodgeball as the love interest in that, alongside mm-hmm. Rip Torn. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Zoolander 2 as well, many yeah. years later. She's in Arrested Development. She's mm-hmm. done a fair... I, I mean, I sh- I, I've done the wonderful Cardinal Sin. I'm like, yeah, she's a really established and very funny actor. Oh, you mean Ben Stiller's ben wife? Stiller's yeah. wife, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but that's because they pair together very well and they're known being segment projects and so so so. Yeah. Mostly, people know her now probably for Sure Jan. That's, yes. She's yeah. the Sure Jan she's gif. She's the Sure Jan gif. Yeah. Um, that's, that's my new cast. Interesting. I don't see any English people. We, <laughs> it doesn't look like we're going to Europe, boys. <laughs> Interesting. I'm going to read the rest of the pitch in a cockney accent. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> I'll be reading it as Keanu Reeves. Okay, good. Beautiful. Uh, you're doing it as Donnie Yen, Tim. I apologize in advance. <laughs> well, they're sus fucked. <laughs> 1886. Okay. Allenstown, California. Okay, okay. As the sun sets on the small frontier town, two ranchers and their drunk friend whip up a saloon into a frenzy, complaining about the peculiar and un-American behavior of their sheriff, saying that they've put up with it for too long. A crowd of men erupts out of the saloon and heads to the sheriff's office, where they find Roy O'Bannon, who attempts to calm them down to little effect. Roy brushes off accusations that he is lazy, lenient on criminals, and ineffective, but takes offense when the locals bring up his native wife. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. He's He's got some morals there. 
not just an absolute uh, bag the whole time. Maybe yeah, exactly. less of a dicker than yeah. Yeah. Attempting to eject them from his office, Roy becomes tangled up with the drunken ringleader and accidentally starts a brawl. The gang overwhelms Roy, but he is rescued by John Wayne. Did I say John Wayne or John Wang? We'll never know. <laughs> you, you keep saying that, but I can hear you saying John Wayne. <laughs> I, that's the joke that it doesn't work in There's the a film, joke? Matthew. Yeah, yeah. The opposite <laughs> of that joke, because it doesn't work. I know, I know. John Wang arrives on his horse and is recognized by the crowd as a famous lawman. Wang quickly fights off the attackers, because of course he does. Because <laughs> he's he do, fucking Jackie Does Chan. he do singing in the rain, Tim? Maybe he does. Who knows? Mm. Sending them fleeing down the main street, and Roy and Wang reunite, happy to see each other again. Roy admits that this is the fifth town that has attempted to eject him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and maybe he isn't cut out for the sheriff business, noting Wang's numerous successes. Roy's wife, falling leaves, emerges from upstairs, noticeably pregnant, and greets Wang. Oh, interesting. She's not going to be, like, bursting pregnant? No, no, no. Enough that you can is, tell yeah. that she's pregnant. pregnant. You know, how she's babies not... burst out of you, like a chest. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly how I imagined it. Yeah, she's not, like, doing the waddle of, like, I can barely move down the stairs. I'm yeah. Like, my kill, water kill just me, broke. Kill me now before it explodes out of my chest. Yeah, she's yeah. just going to have a bump. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Roy frets over her, and, talking largely to himself, says that, while I'm not the kind of person who abandons the responsibilities of the first sign of trouble, uh, perhaps it's uh, time to cut their losses and leave. The joke there being, he's absolutely that kind he's, of guy. He's yes. that kind of absolutely. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, the three set out at dawn the next day and make their way to Sioux Territory, reuniting with Falling Leaves' father, Chief White Bear, and her brother, Little Feather. The tribe celebrates Falling Leaves' return and the impending birth of her and Roy's child. The I like jo- the idea that they must have... Do they know about this already? Because it's like, we married you off to a different one. What's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we There's some confusion. Yeah. They arrive back with Wang and they're like, hey, Wang's back. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. I'd swapped him for the white man. You're like, <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Okay. Yeah, we'd probably have some funny mentions of it. That's yeah, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, during the festivities, Roy confides in Wang that he's worried he will be a terrible father. He says he had no good role models growing up and he is a perpetual screw up once again comparing his failure as a sheriff to Wang's successes. Wang admits that he envies Roy for starting a family, and that Princess Pepe's work to free the Chinese labourers means he has not seen her for more than two years. I mean, you had fallen leaves already, Wang. This is your fault. (laughs) See, this was the interesting point here. I was going to say, I was looking through the casting stuff, and I was like, no Lucy and Luz, similar thing. So I'm curious, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe there'll be cameo later, I don't know. Mm. Hmm, Sorry, yeah, Karen. The next day, Falling Leaves attempts to teach Roy and Wang how to lasso cattle, leading to some physical comedy business as the pair become tangled up with each other and an overly affectionate cow. Tying into the licking scene again. I yes, but we don't, get a, we don't get a creepy fantasy <laughs> Oh, maybe sequence. I'll lick the cow right back, yeah. <sighs> the scene is interrupted by the arrival of a posse led by the Weasley Marshal Tucker. Tucker reads out a proclamation ordered by Senator Morrison that the Sioux have to leave the land due to the construction of a new railroad. Falling Leaves and Chief White Bear argue against the men, but Marshal Tucker rattles off endless regulations and bureaucratic red tape, ignoring their pleas. So that is a very classic Western thing with railroads coming through, get off the land. American um, frontier. Exactly. White man doing over the natives. Entirely. As we often do. Not personally, but as a people, yes. Mm. Well, Jack, maybe. <laughs> we don't know what he does in his job. Uh, Wang asks Roy to explain what's happening, but a strangely nervous Roy does his best to avoid getting pulled into the situation. 
When Wang goes to confront the marshal about his men, they attempt to intimidate him into standing down, leading to a brief scuffle until the marshal threatens to kill members of the tribe. Tucker tells the tribe they're weak to leave the land, or they'll be forcibly relocated. Then he and his men ride off. Wang decides to head to San Francisco to see if Princess Pei-Pei can use her diplomatic ties to stop the construction. He convinces a hesitant Roy to come with him, telling him an adventure will help him find his confidence again. The pair say goodbye to the tribe, promising to come back with a solution and ride off towards San Francisco, but are spotted by one of Tucker's men left to spy on the Sioux. We follow as a message is passed from the spy to Marshal Tucker, then sent via telegram to Senator Morrison in San Francisco. Two sheriffs, Chinaman and idiot, headed to San Francisco. <laughs> May disrupt plans. <laughs> I can see that working. Displeased, Morrison tells his assistant to put a bounty on the two sheriffs and prevent them from ever arriving in San Francisco. Nice. Also classic sort of US law stuff like, I'm a US marshal. I'm a sheriff. As they already in the jurisdiction bullshit. I, I imagine the senator is in one of those big white suits and just wiping <laughs> down his sweaty brow <laughs> always and always. You know, the classic. That's plantation owner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. plantation owner style. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Happy O'Daniel. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Wang and Roy arrive in Belmont, hoping to catch a train to San Francisco, but realize they don't have enough money. Typical Roy and Wang. Yep. Good Lord. They discuss what they did with the reward from their last adventure, with Wang having sent all of it to help Princess Pepe's cause. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. While Roy lost most of it in bad investments. In Zeppelins, Tim? Maybe. Oh. Who knows? Or pulp novels. Who knows? Spotting a car game in a local saloon, Roy proposes that he wins them enough money to catch the train, and Wang also joins the game as a patsy. However, Roy's increasingly complex system of signals confuses Wang. Very good. Of course it does. And he ends up winning, while Roy loses all of his money and his pocket watch. Did his uncle steal it from some famous person and then he gets... <laughs> no, it's just a fucking watch. Oh, good. Thank God for that. I might have a line of like, I lost most of it in investments, although I did buy this fancy pocket watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a knockoff. The locals accuse Wang of cheating and a brawl breaks out. The classic bar fight once again, tumbling out into the street so it's not just a carbon copy of the fight from the first film. Brilliant. Good idea, Tim. Might have the umbrellas bit here. Oh yeah, and, and uh, we don't really have market things in America. Yeah, you, you think yeah. introduces bicycles? Oh, because bicycles have started to be a big thing, and again, it's the, it's the Butch Cassidy. Yeah, so that kind of may, yeah, and it's like what? What the hell is this? <laughs> like a horse with two two leg round legs. I imagine like, Wang spinning some handlebars and doing yeah. some like BMX tricks. And yeah, stuff exactly. Yeah, like, might, might have to, not not to spoil my own film. Oh. Eventually, they get to San Francisco. Oh. It might be a good place to put some bicycle hijinks in there. Ooh. Mm. Bicycle hijinks. That's yeah. a good name for the film. Mm-hmm. Shanghai Noon bicycle hijinks. Yeah. <laughs> Shanghai Noon BMX bandits. Oh. Yes. Oh, BMX bandits. Yes, please. Eventually, Wang and Roy defeat their attackers and grab their winnings, just managing to catch the train towards San Francisco. On the train, Wang and Roy discuss their changing lives, and Roy encourages Wang to tell Princess Pepe about his feelings for her when they meet. Wang heads to the back of the train to practice telling the princess that he loves her, but a misunderstanding with a burly train worker leads to him trying to throw Wang off the train. Yeah, I can see that being the, the classic sort of like, no, 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 I don't want any trouble. I'm yeah. just, <laughs> and it's not like that. I'm I, just, I, wasn't, I wasn't speaking to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, Roy is making himself a home in the dining car when he's attacked by Zhao Feng, a deadly bounty hunter. Oh God, you're actually going to get Donnie Yen to do some martial arts and stuff. Heck yeah, I am. Who yep. knew? He's just going to stand around and get hit by a fucking firework. Oh. Actually do cool Donnie Yen shit. 
Smart. Sign me up. Love it. Roy manages to attract Wang's attention, who climbs on top of the train to make his way up to Roy. Feng and Wang briefly fight on the top of the train, but when Roy manages to retrieve his pistols and opens fire at Feng, he flees by grabbing onto a mailbag catcher post. Nice. Very cool. Very yeah, loud. imagine that. One of those classic things that they had in the West <laughs> that yanks the bag off. Yeah. 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 I did double check. They had been invented by this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a bit, again, thing that happens in these films, just looming and like, ah, how useful. Yes. Yeah. In San Francisco, Marshall Tucker arrives back to give his report to Senator Morrison, and their discussion reveals that Morrison believes there is a sizable amount of gold under the Sioux lands that was not discovered during the California gold rush. The construction of the railroad is just a front to allow him to eject the tribe and mine the area. As he discusses his plans with Tucker, he is overheard by his wife Marion, who seems disturbed by what she hears. Mm. Arriving in Stockton. So, <laughs> Stockton's a real town in California. Is, yeah. The other two I just made up, one of which is a ref- uh, the first one where they start out, where Roy is the sheriff. Uh, Allen's town is named for Brad Allen, who uh, was a member of Roy, yes. uh, Jackie Chan's stunt team, yep. recently passed away, but had worked on dozens of films, most recently Shang-Chi, yep. passed mm. away just after finishing work on it. Yeah. The other one's Belmont. I just picked that out of the hat, basically. It sounds good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know Stockton uh, from MMA and stuff, from famous MMA fighters. Mm. Ah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it's one of the places they drove through on Zombieland. Uh, <laughs> they might have done in my version of Zombieland yeah. too, yeah. yeah. Arriving in Stockton, Roy suggests that they blow off some steam by attending a local burlesque show because he's a horn dog. <laughs> when he... <laughs> I've got to get my feathers. Res- I just... <laughs> it's like, I'm about to be a dad. Yeah. <laughs> It's that classic early 2000s fear of being a father. He suggests like a final like hurrah kind of like basically this it's is a stag, stag do, do but yeah. not a stag <laughs> do, yeah. Which he claims will give Wang confidence when talking to women. I like that they're both trying to build up each other's confidence in different ways. That's, that's very cool. At the show, Wang thinks he spots Feng in the shadows and attempts to follow him, ending up backstage. Meanwhile, Roy is distracted by a flirtatious waitress named Charlene. Backstage, Wang doesn't manage to find Fang, but in the hustle and bustle of the show, gets shoved on stage and performs a version of Elvis's Burning Love. Fucking hell. That, again, considering the needle drop moments and the music and bits and pieces. Yeah, I understand that. Also, Jackie Chan has several albums. Yes. Yeah, he does. He does. Not good ones. No. But they are there. I mean, classically, if we're going with the idea of him in... um... Uh, the, the 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 parallel to this is him in Rush Hour singing yeah. War over yes. and over again. So yeah, yeah. Roy is astonished and delighted, but his mood changes when he realizes Charlene has drugged him. That's how you say the name. Yeah, I, I know I said it. <laughs> she attempts to smuggle him out of the burlesque house, but is confronted by Wallace, Roy's old gang member and nemesis, who has also come to claim the bounty. There's a bounty on you, <laughs> old Bannon. I'm imagining it right now. God, Wallace, how are you always from the worst place? You the- <laughs> yeah. Wow, you're the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charlene and Wallace fight over the woozy Roy, with Wallace <laughs> knocking her out. But Roy, attempting to shoot Wallace in his impaired state, ricochets a bullet off several objects and strikes Wallace in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> Roy grabs the still-singing Wang and the... That's just funny as it sounds. <laughs> still-singing... Roy grabs his still singing wang. 
I'm very impressed that we've managed to get this far in the episode. Yeah, without laughing at the word wang. I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. I've been watching Big Mouth for so I can see these tidy furry penises. Roy grabs the still singing wang, and the pair steal some horses and flee town. Arriving in San Francisco, finally, Wang suggests they go to meet with Senator Morrison and ask him to change his plans. But Roy is hesitant. Unable to come up with a good excuse, he eventually relents, and the pair head to the senator's office, with Roy attempting to disguise himself. Grabbing stu- like stupid props off of Bits, nearby things. things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unable to get a meeting, Roy suggests they go see the princess instead, but Wang sneaks in, followed by a reluctant Roy, and the pair catch the senator as he is leaving a meeting. Wang is shocked when the senator recognises Roy, calling him Wyatt. Roy admits that Morrison is his stepfather, having married his mother when Roy was a young boy. Mm. We had the look of concern earlier. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Wang attempts to ask the senator to halt construction of the railroad, but Roy, finally confronted with his dismissive stepfather, begins an argument, and the pair are ejected by the senator's security. They head to Princess Pepe's townhouse, and are welcomed by her staff, but learn she is away. No Lucy Lou, so far. Speaking on behalf of the Chinese labourers at the state capital. Once again nervous, Wang is relieved to hear this, but despairs of the senator's refusal to change his plans. As he and Roy attempt to think of a solution, they are visited by Roy's mother. Mm. Uh, so this is the Jane Fonda. This is Jane Fonda. Ah, yep. The pair happily reunites, and she provides him with papers she has stolen from Morris's office detailing his plans for the gold mine. She tells Roy that Morrison will be attending the governor's ball that evening, and if they can pass on the information to the governor, he will be able to halt the plans and expose Morrison's corruption. Yeah, his mother called Marion Morrison, which is John Wayne's real name. Ah, Yes. There you go. That was was the one I thought of (laughs) during uh, our outtakes period and was like, ooh, chance for another Western reference. Yes. Nice. Going to throw that in there. Roy and Wang arrive at the governor's ball disguised as servers, but are spotted by Marshal Tucker, who is there guarding the senator. Tucker alerts Morrison and Feng, who has followed Roy and Wang to San Francisco, and the bounty hunter goes to intercept them. Roy and Wang attempt to evade the event's guards by joining a formal dance in the ballroom, but Feng interrupts them, and a fight between him and Wang begins. It's a long fight that's awesome, and it doesn't get interrupted Jackie by... Chan I was going to say, we've, had, Yen. we've been teased with bits and bits mm. between Yen and, and, uh, and Chan. That's good to get this thing here. Yeah. I would quite... I don't know if necessarily this is going to be one of my fixes or whatever, but like, I would quite like, like this to be quite intense and mm. actually like a full-on martial arts fight. Yeah, that's Obviously kind of with some I'm... Jackie Chan bits in there. Yeah. But everything else is Actual so stakes. comedic and stuff. Mm. This is two legit martial artists going at it and going for a proper fight. That's exactly what I'm picturing. Like, Obviously, has some Jackie Chan business in there, but is much more of a legit fight than anything else we've seen. Nice. Because he kind of, he bumbles his way through stuff, but he like just beats the shit out of everyone with horseshoes and Mm. bits of wood and all this kind of stuff. Whereas I'm imagining Feng is like as good, if not better, a martial Mm. artist than Wang is. So you get this real like, Square off between the two. Yeah, I mean, kind of way he doesn't really. Um, who is it? Lo, Lo Feng in the yeah, first one. Yeah, like he doesn't. Re- he get there's a bit more comedy business in that. But when he's fighting the the, the other Imperial Guards, that's a fairly straightforward fight yeah. in Shanghai. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's swapping out the different weapons and stuff and deflecting the yeah. spear things, whatever they mm. are. Um, taking advantage of the distraction, the unarmed Roy attempts to reach the governor, but is cornered by Tucker. 
As the fight between Wang and Feng continues and looks awesome because it's Jackie Chan versus Donnie Yen, Roy vents his frustrations with Morrison to Tucker. The pair begin to bond over Morrison's domineering attitude, and Roy eventually persuades Tucker to let him go free, encouraging Tucker to pursue his true love of painting. <laughs> Amazing. I imagine there's almost like a little tear rolling down his eye as he imagines <laughs> some beautiful painting he has not yet constructed. As Wang gains the upper hand in his fight against Feng, the bounty hunter takes Marion hostage in an attempt to escape, but she frees herself and Wang knocks him out there. And Wang knocks him out on the ballroom's grand window. Nice. Roy managed to reach the governor. Cameo by Arnold <laughs> fucking Schwarzenegger. Uh, who, at the time, the was governor the governor of California. California. Yeah. And when Senator Morrison attempts to stop him from handing over the plans, Roy knocks him out. Take Roy- that, stepdad. Yeah. Take that for all the terrible stepdads. That literally sounds like a Owen Wilson line. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's all the terrible. Yeah, all yeah. the terrible stepdads. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Wow, that felt good. <laughs> yes. There you go. Shake does really the little hurts. Jackie Chan yeah, yeah. shake of the hand, and then yeah. it's like, mm, yeah, yeah. Roy and Wang surrender to the governor's security, but as they're dragged away, they see the governor reading through the documents they have delivered. A few days later, Roy and Wang ride back towards the Siouxlands, having been pardoned by the governor. The tribe celebrates their successful return and Roy reunites with Falling Leaves, saying that he has decided his time as a man of action is behind him. And now he's going to focus on talking, to which Falling Leaves responds, how are we going to notice the difference? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sass. I love it. Chief White Bear thanks Wang for all that he's done for the tribe, but notice that he looks a little down. Wang replies that he hoped to see Princess Pepe before returning to his duties as sheriff, only for White Bear to reveal that the princess arrived early that day, looking for Wang. The two embrace and kiss as hey. wanted dead or alive by Bon Jovi plays. <laughs> nice. Nice, nice, nice. Finally got the cameo by Lucy Lou there. Nice. Yes. Right I was going to. I was kind of. We a teased it concerned. and we teased it and then, yeah. Because nice. to talk about the character so much and then she just doesn't turn up, we're like, that feels kind of weird. Yeah. So when, that's, when did she do Charlie's Angels? Around this time. About yeah, this time. Yeah. Around this time, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. she's basically she's, like. She's doing Kill Bill and all kinds of About to go. Yeah. 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 Big, big star. Like, and has been in Ally McBeal for like a few years at that point. Yes. Oh, well. yeah, of course. God, yeah. I liked it, Tim. I liked it a lot. Been going to fucking London, thank God. <laughs> I, no I, I, yeah. fucking London. <laughs> I really like what you did uh, bringing Falling Leaves and the tribe back in as well. I think that's something that is just so quickly thrown away and mm. is something you can really explore. Um, and I think, yeah, it's a weird choice for them to have I still don't get the whole switcheroo switcheroo of the wife thing and them yeah. not addressing it. But I think it being weird in the first one lends itself to the comedic moment where they do return and they're like, oh, your husband's here. And they all go and hug Wang. And mm. then Roy's like, hold on a minute. Oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, no, I'm the husband now. Like, yeah, <laughs> you can actually play on that and mm. take the weirdness of the first one and actually make it work. And I think you've done a really yeah. good job of taking some of the elements of the first one and expanding upon it and like you said oh there's another barroom fight but it spills out into the into the street so it's different and it isn't just a redo of the first one because as i kept saying in the synopsis like oh look john lynn shows up and saves the day just like falling leaves did in the first Mm. one you don't have any of that shit which i very much appreciate yeah you're not relying on those tropes and that deus ex machina bollocks that keeps happening in the first film 
as much as I enjoy it, it does get pretty frustrating yeah. by the end of it. And you actually have the tribe have personalities and do things and aren't just like, oh, they chant and dance around fires and are stereotypes and stuff. You have named characters, for fuck's sake, <laughs> actually being in the thing. And, and yeah, very much appreciate that. I especially like how, and I mentioned it, I was reading as well, like how Roy and Wang's dynamic kind of shifts and you get them trying to build each other's confidence. Mm. Like, obviously, Wang is the man of action and Roy is the man of words. And Wang is trying to learn how to talk to women. And that's what Roy's been doing for the last mm. 30 years. And Wang has been kicking ass, mm. whereas Roy is a bit of a fuck up. So that's a really nice kind of like building on that chemistry and, and playing on that dynamic as well, which I think would work really, really well. Yeah, the, we the, laughed out loud as we were reading, yeah, which is yeah. definitely a good sign. It, it plays into what we've established already between the two. But more importantly, rather than being the culture clash and the culture shock, it's the culture exchange. It mm. feels like we're now finally get the whole like, um, I will pick up the best elements of you and vice versa. That's uh, yeah. which again is a friendship how it should be in I, theory. I wanted them to like each other in this film yeah, because they yeah. built a friendship in the first one. You get a hint of that in Shanghai Nights, where he's like. Reach for the sky, where I was like, "Say that again, John Wayne." They, they, for a minute, for a minute, they're happy to see each other. It's like, "Ah, yeah. that's nice." And, and then, then Roy's never... a real piece of shit. Yeah, yeah Roy's just it. so unlikable in the second yeah. film. I wanted yeah. to like, no, let's. I think giving him that flaw of the the lack of confidence mm. makes him so much more relatable and likable mm. than even though he is a fuck up and a screw up. And this whole thing in the actual Shanghai Nights that we got, he's not a likable screw up, which is mm. kind of defeats the point of. Mm. giving him that journey to go on you yeah. should learn to be go from screw up to success like hero mm. whatever you want to put it and that turns him into a likable character mm. that flaw and that like relatability is what makes you like him but he's mm. just an arsehole whereas your crisis of confidence thing i think actually like gives a little bit of roy to the audience in a way that he's not mm. just this impenetrable sleaze bag full of jokes yeah. <laughs> he's mm. actually has flaws and characteristics and stuff mm. that actually make sense and i feel like owen wilson would do pretty well as playing someone who's like i'm not sure what my place in life is anymore like i used to be an outlaw but i wasn't really like i didn't really fit in with that group and then yeah. i became a lawman and i didn't really fit in with that group like i don't know where i'm meant to be kind of thing you can see him having that conversation to either someone who's at a bar drunk and isn't listening or to a horse and he goes you know what i mean right and i was like okay maybe not but and he just keeps rattling on because he, 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 he can effectively monologue his feelings out loud, which should be amateurish and stupid, but yeah. in the hands of Owen Wilson, it's like, no, that's just his character. That, yeah. that works. I think it's very solid. And it's again, it's a nice continuation of the character, picks up things in terms of the arcs. It does some um, nice Western tropes that have been um, uh, not necessarily missed off, but things that weren't in the first film. So it mm. doesn't feel like it's retreading steps. It feels like it's just doing more of the parody and pastiche in a way, which is mm. nice. Um, my only, and it's not a gripe in any way, shape, or form. This is, this is back to what I was saying about the only mm. way I could think to take it would be to do the rush hour thing and to go to China. I did but consider that, but It's yeah. a very different kind of story than... Roy O'Bannon in 19th century China is a whole different kettle of... Yeah, yeah. it's a... Because it's, it's a, the thing is, the audience has an understanding, arguably, of the rough sense, which you mentioned this before about the nature of going to England, the idea of the genre yeah. of Western and the setting of the Western. What's the, the thing in China? Is it martial arts films? It's like the genre and setting for martial arts films, yes, you can definitely work that in. Of course you can. Mm. 
it's just that you're going to have to reshape everything. And people know this film as a Western. And part of the reason why Shanghai Nights doesn't work, in my opinion, is that it's not a Western anymore. Yeah. It's whatever the fuck we got. Yeah. Um, so you would have to go, well, we're going to now do the, rather than a Western film with hints of martial arts, we're doing a martial arts film with hints of Western. That yeah. could work, but you could write yourself into a corner so quickly with it. But I think this is a nice continuation. It's straightforward. It's not. And also, because again, we have the reverse. With Rush Hour, mm. so we don't like have like you know we have an alternative. It don't want to be like oh you're just doing a copycat thing. So, yeah, again, it's not me saying like you should have done that, Tim. It's like mm. that's where I would immediately have thought to go. Yeah. So I like you did this as well because I think it works very well. The character progression is good. Nothing feels like it's been abandoned or left behind really too much. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I would be uh, that I would directly change or or, or shift, but. Um, again, like Toblowski, for example, and uh, I think I think maybe the the Jane Fonda turning on her husband the mm. last minute. Well, not the last minute, but we we meet her and she turns at the same moment. It's like, yeah, I feel like there's something there we need to probably pad out a bit more. Yeah, it was, might that's need, what I was that's thinking. Might well. need a yeah. few more scenes with like just to establish that like the senators are real shit. Yeah, and, yeah, and to. And, and, and lay and, the groundwork for yeah. For so like when, you say, for the when turn. Owen Wilson and, and Fonda me up, it's like, well, why'd you marry him, mom? Mm. Yeah, and it's like, cause I'm lonely. Oh no, stop, stop, stop! Yeah. That kind of like, yeah, because obviously Jane Fonda was a, <laughs> it's like a sex symbol. So like the idea yeah. that she's an older woman and still a sex symbol was like, I don't want to think about that. Mm. And you know, maybe have uh, Jackie Chan saying, she's still a very beautiful woman. Yes, I like him. He's like that kind of you know, just yeah. just. I don't think you know. It doesn't. It's not like it's missing from the thing here because obviously we mentioned before about the pitch length and we haven't got time to really mm, yeah, yeah. drill down this. But that's still something I'm like. Oh, okay, we can develop that's easy. Yeah. It's not a huge like hard thing to work in. Yeah, that's that. I think it's solid. Yeah, I, I don't it. have any. I don't really have any notes. I was just scrolling back through like rereading bits and like Jane Fonda, like the 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 mum character for want a better phrase, Marion, is the only bit that kind of stands out to me as like a. Restraint, a classic, and I know it's been my excuse for a couple of my pitches mm. that kind of just like stop. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I've kind of been guilty of that a couple of times this season, but like there would be more in the actual film and in the actual script. But mm. obviously, we're in pitch form here, so we're mm. we have to limit ourselves, by... we'll get too out of control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to make like a whole exit stage left, Jane Fonda. Like, <laughs> can't do a whole. I mean, I, I, I. Went a little overboard in terms of what my description was for the um, Rise you of Skywalker. going overboard? <laughs> yes, for the Rise of Skywalker episode. And even then, that was still like, this is a very undefined thing. And it's been mm. like three or four hours. So it's, yeah. you know, like, that kind of thing. Um, the other thing, I was, again, a minor point, is Falling Leaves in the first film is an interesting deus ex machina, very complica- com- competent. And so her being pregnant and sidelined, part of me is like, hmm, but also like, no, it makes sense. It's not. It's it's I, not a bad thing. I was torn about doing some like cuts back to the tribe and having something go on there, and having perhaps more of like the senators men from the, getting yes, yeah. doing hassle and stuff like that. But again, it felt like it distracted from the main plot. So I wonder if you could have Little Feather doing stuff that he has like learned from Wang and Roy oh, establishing yeah. that they have that's, like that's been hanging idea. out with the tribe a bit more and stuff, and stuff. Yeah. he like picks a pocket or like cheats one of the yeah. guys stop bringing what? Aaron Taylor Johnson back you <laughs> fuck he does a little pickpocket Danny 
Um, no, he like steals something from one of the mm. guards and then does the splits gets, and kicks a guy in, or whatever. Yeah, gets like, into trouble. She comes along trouble. and rescues him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think this is on a shirt. D- adding that little extra depth of like, you know, because obviously there are a few years between, you've now put an extra mm. year between the films mm. and the time gap in the in the canon in the universe as well. Yeah. Establishing that, that he hasn't just like fucked off and come back. Obviously they do yes. celebrate her coming back, but maybe they haven't seen them in a few months. Yeah, She's a yeah, bit that's, pregnant. That's the kind of thing I was implying. that They, they... haven't disappeared for five years and then yeah. Yeah, just yeah. reappeared again. So yeah. yeah, maybe having a little bit more with the tribe and... The, the guys trying to build the railroad and stuff could yeah. could be a nice yeah, little, it is the ultimate, a nice little B plot. Kind yeah, of it's, thing. it's the drive for why they're doing what they're doing. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, but again, I think that's an easy fix. I think it's there. It's not like we have to mm. say, I'm gonna have to re this. Yeah, it's this. I know we always say it, but like it's just adding a bit more detail, a little yeah, bit more yeah, of oeuvre, when we, which we can't really fit into when, a pitch. When we got anyway. like a, a solid pitch between us, we tend to go, "What about this?" And it's like, "Oh yeah, that would be there." Mm. Yeah, no problem at all. Problem solved. Yeah, and it's more just a, a clarification. Because sometimes we say, no, I wouldn't want this for this reason. Go, okay, fair enough. Mm. I understand why you wouldn't want to include that. Mm. But as we are here, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah. I'd say and you're, positive. You're giving more screen time to like Native American characters and Native American actors, very mm. importantly as well, than 99.9% <laughs> of the rest of the movies made in the history of time, <laughs> basically. So that's definitely something I would certainly appreciate, you know, mm. representation happening in 2004. Mm. Obviously, we're coming at it with our 2021 uh, early 2000s yeah. were dark times yeah yeah exactly but yeah. i very much appreciated that like i said you didn't kind of ignore the tribe and just mm. write them all off and stuff so i think yeah. even adding a sprinkling of a bit more of that might add a little bit mm. extra and, and give it a nice little extra twist as well yeah i did originally have a subplot when they got to san francisco Uh-oh. uh they were going to meet Mark Twain, ah, okay. um, as uh, played by Robin Williams. Oh, wow, interesting. He's uh, a San Francisco man, isn't but, he? Robin but, Williams. But then I was like, it just this kind of just feels like more from Shanghai Nights. It's, it does it's throwing that historical does, figures in there yeah. because yeah. because I you know to to add that sense, and so I was just like, actually, this doesn't need it. I know that's quite a famous thing that you know Rob Williams lived in San Francisco. But... Yeah basically all of his life from what I understand like vast majority mm. of his and you would just see him wandering about on the streets and just oh hey Robin <laughs> oh hey guys blah, blah, blah. um uh, yeah I'll be like saying it now I'd be like oh yeah that'd be really cool and then you put it in perspective like it's Arthur Conan Doyle yeah and I, I think the reason and I know we're we're on to the pitch now but mm. going back to Shanghai Nights very briefly the reason those two big reveals of oh Charlie Chaplin mm. and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle mm. pissed me off so much is that they're treated like they're important reveals. Yes. yes. Like like the gender of the dog in I Am Legend, for example, <laughs> that doesn't fucking matter, Matthew. Uh, uh, that's not an important reveal, that's a twist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Neither. Yeah, it, it's relying on knowledge that the characters would not in any way have. They don't Whoa, know Charlie I didn't Chaplin. catch your full surname, young yeah. orphan child. My name is Khan. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's Khan bollocks. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. I'm John Harrison. You'll be like, ooh. ooh hey, hey, Spock Prime. What about John Harrison? Like, don't know, mate. Sorry. Yeah. That's the good old Cockney Leonard Nimoy says. But like, yeah, I think if you just straight up have like, oh, hi, Mark Twain. Be yes, like, yeah. They, okay, cool. They were, they, they were going to know who the fuck he was because he was yeah. already famous by that point. And yeah, have them react to it and be like, yeah. oh my God, you're Mark Twain, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, you could do like, I've got a series of books going on about Royal Ben and the Shanghai Kids. Yeah. Like, Sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Have that as a little cameo moment. Yeah. 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 Rather than him being the third member of their party that helps them solve yes. the mystery. Yeah. And then it's like, by the way, Mark, what do you do for a living? <laughs> and he's like, well, now you mention it, I have written a few things in mm. my time. I don't know if you've heard of Stairs at Camera, Mark Twain. Fuck <laughs> off. There is a way you could do that where it would work and it's not the way that Shanghai Knights did no. it. Basically is what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, you could get away with that if we did it carefully. Yes. <laughs> Well done, Tim, for fixing that big old piece of shit. And yes, yes. Doing something with Donnie Yen, doing something with the tribe. Yeah. Yeah. What we needed in that Keeping movie. the chemistry yeah. alive because, you know, Wilson and uh, uh, Chan being like, you know, a decent couple rather than yeah, being yeah. an asshole and <laughs> Jackie Chan. Yeah. 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 I think you spend so much of Shanghai Nights going like, why doesn't Jackie Chan just ditch this idiot mm-hmm. and like yeah. get shit done? Yeah, pretty much. And you didn't randomly introduce a sister that we'd never heard of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, folks, if you want to let us know what you thought of Tim's fix of Shanghai Nights, please do hit us up on social media. We are Sequelizers on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the usual social media places. If you don't have a TikTok or a, anything else, for better or worse, as Matt refuses to be on TikTok. I can't fucking dance. Yeah. Uh, well, well, maybe we'll find out when you go to... I don't even know if it works. I can dance. I refuse to dance. There you go. Okay, Matt can dance. It's coming soon to TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, you want to join something like our Discord, which is a fantastic community of listeners, and the three of us, by the way. You want to come and chat about this latest episode, video games, other podcasts, music recommendations, other films, what you've been up to recently, ranting about politics, all kinds of stuff in the Discord. There's many different channels for many different subjects. And it's a fantastic community. We even have pretty much monthly movie nights that we host on there now. Mm. Discord has a little event system that I've been trying to work out how to use and schedule all that in. So we all you know, watch a film together and discuss it and do a little live chat thing and stuff like that. All the announcements for the live streams go up on Discord first. All the good stuff. And you basically get a nice little like post-episode live chat with us. You have any questions? Yeah, it's easy access to us and all the uh, fantastic listeners we have on there. You can find the links for that on sequelizers.com. Click on the little Discord button, you find a little invite, it's all nice and easy integrated onto the website. You can find all of the previous episodes, all of our merch, information about the three of us. If God forbid you want to find out what we do for a living and stuff like that, mm. in our bios on the about but us, but we page. just sequelize for a living, Jack. That's oh. what we do. <laughs> Yes, Tim. That's the dream. Mm. Live in the dream. You can go to sequelizer.com for all the information about us. If you want to find me personally, good luck. I'm like falling leaves in autumn. Disappear like tears in rain. Oh, that's beautiful. I know. And wrong, I found you. What's less beautiful is JLW Chambers. That's my fucking Twitter handle. Come and follow me to talk about video games or wrestling or SEO or all other kinds of stuff that I talk about. Matt, hey. how can people follow you on the internet, follow your reviews and your film creations and things like that? Stogs. S-T-O-G-H-Z. Uh, you can go to the redrighthand.co.uk to read my reviews. You can go to cheesemint.com to see the things that I make. Tim Matum. 
If I was to try and reveal you as a person of importance, but didn't want to reveal you as a person of importance and gave a sort of pseudonym, a, a little like a little quirky nickname, what could I give that wouldn't give away the, your Timatum that people in the know would know? Uh, you might perhaps reference me as Trivia Lad, nah. which is my handle on Twitter, Trivia underscore Lad, where you can find me tweeting about nonsense or anything interesting that I've happened to have been doing. Nice. But, but Trivia Lad. What's your real name? I'll never How will tell. we ever find out? <laughs> Fuck you! Yeah, exactly. Can't catch me, copper. I'll never <laughs> pay my fucking tax. <laughs> well, well ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. That is us for this week. Interestingly enough, mm. there is a tease for next week's episode in Tim's pitch. I will say no more. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a very sneaky little hint I completely it. forgot what next you, week's is. You can never guess it in a million years, probably from that tease. Yeah. But our listeners are pretty fucking good at guessing this kind of stuff. Yeah. The Discord has been pretty consistent at guessing stuff from all the teases yeah. we do and stuff like that. So yeah, until then, we'll see you next week, and thank you very much for listening. Wow. 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 Ah!